beautiful people. It is Overreaction Monday, October 24th, 2022, and the overreacting begins right now. He is doing the Lord's work for all of us. We just finished up week seven of the NFL Sunday slate tonight. Week seven ends with the Bears traveling to the Patriots with history on the line, a record to be had, and a defense and offense that might be rolling. Mac Jones will play quarterback instead of zip on the ball Bailey, but the Patriots are eight-and-a-half-point favorites facing the Bears tonight. At Viva Lazito loves what the Bears have been cooking up. At Boston, Connor loves what the New England Patriots (laughs) have been up to. Uh, Connor thinks they're going to win by 50. Zito thinks the Bears are going to shock the world. Week 7 has a lot of storylines that we are going to react to that are going to be fantastic to dive into. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Ian Rappaport will join us in the third hour. AJ Hawk will join us. We'll take some questions and also get some overreactions from Twitter. The storyline of this overreaction Monday is that there's a lot of football left. Mm-hmm. All right. 18-week season. 17 games. There's numerous teams that have a losing record right now that are in the lead in their division. So what will happen? What will unfold over the next 11 weeks? We do not know, but we can get a pretty good grasp on things right now, can't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Feels like the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Eagles are at the top of the class. Feels like there's some old guard that might be playing their worst football that they've ever played. Are the Colts, Buccaneers, and Packers fucking dead? And is there a new group of teams that are going to be the next 10 years of success? Are the Giants for real? It Mm. seems like they are. Are the Jets for real? It seems like they are. Without Brees Hall, who tore his Achilles, I believe, who's out for a while. week. Hey. You were fucking killing it, dude. Peace and peace. The NFL world is appreciative of your service, Brees Hall. It felt like every single week there was a clip of you running away from motherfuckers on a Sunday game. Brees Hall was electrifying. Brees Hall was a massive piece of this New York Jets offense. And it literally felt like we saw this image every single time he stepped on an NFL football field. We will eagerly await your return, sir. But are the Jets going to go on to be for real? Are the Colts going to be dead forever? Is Aaron Rodgers going to regret coming back and signing another deal when it's all said and done? And what about this Niners team? Mm. who make a big-time trade for Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the week. He gets some snaps. He does well. They get toasted by the Chiefs. Last two weeks, their defense has looked nothing like what it looked like at the beginning of the season. Who's dead? Who's alive? We will thrive today in overreactions, and we can't wait for it. Let's dive right into it. Ty Schmidt. The Packers look terrible. I've seen your tweets. Yep. Okay, Iowa Hawkeyes suck at football. Yes, they the New York right. Yankees have been ejected from the playoffs. Right. And the Green Bay Packers look more boring than they've ever looked with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Yep. They lose to the Commanders who have Taylor Heineke in there. And it wasn't particularly close. If it wasn't for a pick six by Devondre Campbell on the defensive side of the ball, that thing looks much, much worse. Taylor Heineke, when it was all said and done on a third and nine in the fourth quarter with more than two minutes left, Packers have no timeouts left. He delivers a shot, stands in the pocket and gets a first down you guys are dead at that point what do we say about the Packers right now it looks bad it is bad it's boring is what are we talking to Aaron about tomorrow I don't know I don't know good question he he mentioned that you know hey he's he's not panicking he thinks this actually might be the best thing for the team which again he has to say that I don't know how losing three three games in a row losing to that commander's team who they had no business losing to but I said it last week when they when I found out Heineke was playing I was nervous 
I, I was genuinely nervous. I was like, oh, shit, like th- this does not feel good. And like you mentioned, like in years past when the Packers' defense sucked, like at least the offense was scoring a bunch of points, so those games were entertaining. Like, you you know, the offense would go down the, down the field, score a bunch of touchdowns, and then eventually you just have your heart fucking ripped out by either the special teams or the defense in the end. Now the offense fucking sucks, and the defense, it's just like death by a thousand cuts, just boom, seven yards a run. Eight yards a run, and teams just methodically take it down the field and score. I, the, I mean, you can. I, I, it's not an overreaction. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of football left to be played. But again, the Packers are one of those teams where it's not like, hey, you know, we're just trying to make it to the playoffs. Like, this team can't fucking beat anybody in the playoffs. You kidding me? Like, they just Rodgers. Like the receivers, they, there's just no chemistry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They can't run the ball because there's absolutely no threat in the passing game. Really, I mean, Aaron Jones played pretty good yesterday. He had two touchdowns, but. They rush for 36 yards. You know, it's like not going to win too many football games doing that. And then special teams, same deal. They fucking get out to a 14-3 lead early, and it looks like, okay, hey, we we might put this game away. You muff a punt, you give them an easy touchdown, and everything flips. Uh, Rasul Douglas has a, you know, scoop and score that – you can call it ticky-tack, maybe. I mean, it, it, not great, but, like, that that type of shit happens, and it's how you respond to it. And instead, you know, after the game, it's just the same thing as every week. You know, Lafleur goes up there, and he's like, yeah, I don't know I don't know what's wrong. we got to figure it out. It's like, yeah. Well, that's better than what Frank Reich says. The Colts, <laughs> call it Frank Reich says, we're outcoached, we're outplayed. It's like, we know. Yeah, yeah Frank. Yeah. We're, we're watching, Frank. And Frank's been nice to me. Frank's been a good guy, just like I assume you feel about LaFleur. There's just been some times where the teams that we love go on the field and shit the bed, yeah. and it's tough to watch. This Colts team mm. is tough to watch. It's not – I was on with Dan Dawkins earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't at me, Dan Dawkins. You calling him the goat. He's gonna hear that. <laughs> he, uh, he lives in the area. You know, we know him pretty well. The He was talking – about the Colts just being so fucking bad, basically. Yeah. And it makes no sense. The Colts have paid every single position that you're supposed to pay. They paid in the secondary. They paid in the linebacker. They paid in the D-line multiple times. Uh-huh. They paid in the offensive line. They're paying a the quarterback more than anybody else in the entire um, NFL, I think. Yeah. Wide receiver, we got young studs. We've invested a first-round draft pick. It's like on paper, in what the business moves have been, you would think this team would be good. They fucking stink. So they bad. are no fun to watch at all. Nope. Still in it. They were still in that game for a large portion mm-hmm. of it, just like they were with the Jags when they come back and win, and just like they were, I guess, with the Texans week one when he came back sure. to tie. Yeah. This Colts team is tough to watch. Jonathan Taylor only gets 10 carries. Yes. That makes no sense. It's a six-point game most of the game. You're not out of it at all. You don't have to just throw the ball 67% of the time, yep. which is what the Colts are doing on the league uh, Sec- for the entire season. Second Yikes. And they're running the ball, 20 or whatever it is, and it's the 31st most yep. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they're running the ball second to last amount of times. They have Jonathan Taylor as the fucking running back. Now, mm-hmm. he was out a couple weeks, so I guess that hypes into it. Naeem Hines still a guy, and Franklin's a guy. They're throwing an air raid offense with this Matt Ryan fella <laughs> who can barely stand up. He's getting slaughtered. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's taking some big-time shots. Nonetheless, make a play. He has like 11 fumbles, nine, uh, nine picks or something already seven games into this thing. Ooh. He has, seems to have zero care for the football as well like Carson Wentz had. This Colts team is tough to watch. This Colts team Kind of stinks to have on television. Yeah. This Colts team uh-huh. is no fun to be a fan of right now. We go to their games. They got the Marvel superheroes going around. That's fantastic. They open the roof. They got the windows down. This style of football is terrible. So bad. 
And you got guys. You got you got Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. making plays. Yeah. Paris Campbell, able to survive an entire game, has a big time touchdown. You have two tight ends that are worthy. Mo Ali Cox. Here's Paris Campbell making a hell of a catch. Wow. Bam. Bam. How you doing? Keep it moving. It's thirteen seven somehow in the third quarter, and we played <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah. Only down six. We can come back and win this fucking game. It made no sense at all. You have two tight ends that are very good. Mo Ali Cox, Jelani Woods. Somehow Frank Wright can't figure out how to have them both on the field at the same time. Jelani Woods, six foot seven wide receiver who is or tight end who is a dog. Absolute dog. His first catch comes with four minutes left in the whole fucking game. Mm. So not only are we throwing about six to seven percent of the time, we're not even throwing the ball to our fucking weapons, our anomalies, our aliens. We have no opportunity to do that. We're running the ball the second least amount of times. Jonathan Taylor can't even fucking get going. And if he was to, there's no holes because the offensive line can't fucking block anybody. Yep. On paper, this Colts team is supposed to be good. They're terrible. Sounds like that's how you feel about the Packers team as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And it, again, it'd be one thing if the games were entertaining. You know, if at least at the end of the day like yeah you're still heartbroken because the team isn't any good and they're losing games but it's like oh great okay i got four hours on sunday here that i have to watch this game and i'm falling asleep the whole time and it's just you're gritting your your teeth to dust you're trying to rip your hair out it didn't convert one third down yesterday the packers didn't hasn't happened since fucking 1999 like and it is it's just it's the same the thing that and it's kind of similar with the colts the thing that it just fucking drives you insane is it's the same shit week after week after week after week after week it's just it's like you it stinks when you go into a game and you know exactly what you're gonna get and it's like hey you know the commanders yeah the tyler heineke like if if we play our best football game the packers play yeah tyler taylor whatever his fucking name is yeah exactly jeez if you if, if the packers play their best football game mistake free it's like you're you're looking at hey Last possession, we have the ball. We might have an opportunity to kick a field goal to win. It's just like it it just fucking sucks. That's not the <laughs> Packers. That's not the Colts, but that's the new reality no, that we're living in. This is kind of our new reality. Yeah, this is kind of what life is now for us. I don't yeah. know about you guys. Aaron, you guys still have Aaron. I don't know Matt Ryan, how he survives. He took a shot yesterday in the legs. I thought he was dead. He took a shot yesterday in, like, the upper body where I thought he was dead. He's a, he's a slim guy, lean uh-huh. guy. Mm-hmm. He's very thin. I don't know how he survives this season. With that being said, they have two guys on the offensive line, top 100 players. The other three positions just can't figure it out. They stink across the board, and it is terrible to watch. Speaking of terrible to watch, I don't like this about what's going on with Tom Brady. What? What do you mean? You don't like it? Why? He's greatest of all time. Yeah, okay? for sure. And it's hard to watch those. And I don't want to, you know, go backwards here before we go on to Tom Brady. But we watch our teams do our thing. Mm-hmm. And then you turn on the Chiefs. And it's just so much fucking more fun. Yeah, and it's it, tough. It, it is, like, creative. Mm-hmm. They're using all their weapons. Yep. MVS and Juju both go for 100 yards yesterday. <laughs> yep. uh, McCole Hardman has three fucking touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey's still in the mix. CEH and also Pacheco yeah. are yeah. getting the ball. It's like Andy Reid has a little creativity. And I know Patrick Mahomes is an alien. I understand that he's unbelievable at football. But what they're doing to set up plays, to draw up plays, to be able to get things done, it just feels like they're so much better at football than the team that I cheer for. Yep. And I assume a lot of teams are feeling that way, including Tom Brady's team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Carolina Panthers, P.J. Walker's record is unbelievable. <laughs> in relief with the Panthers and now in relief yet again, he wins games uh-huh. for them. We saw him in the XFL, saw him with the Colts. I've been a big fan of P.J. Walker since literally the first time I've seen him play football. He's electrifying. Now he's playing for a team that we thought were potentially trying to tank, yep. trying to rebuild. Mm-hmm. Then they turned down two first-round pick offers for Brian Burns, Correct. who is their 
stud defense line, uh, defenseman who linebacker, I believe, who was supposed to be like defensive MVP candidate potentially. They turned down trading him. DJ Moore, who has a big time catch this weekend, yeah. they were allegedly going to trade him away. So I think that little boost in the locker room of the team saying, "Hey, we got offered two first rounders for this guy, who everybody loves, who's a very good player. We turned it down. We are not just trying to suck. We are trying to win." I think that little energy kind of inspired the boys over there. And PJ Walker gave a great play. A couple great plays and good game. But that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, mm. they look like our teams. Yeah. Yeah. Boring, inept, <laughs> no fun, what? entitled almost. Yeah. It almost looks like they're entitled, like they think they're going to win. Mike Evans dropping that wide open uh-huh. touchdown. What, the hell? what are you doing? This is the NFL. You're Mike fucking Evans. You're dropping that whole thing. Tom Brady yelling at his team, obviously, last week, saying they're going to get it figured out, missing practices, everything going on out there. They might be fucking dead and that's a damn shame because it felt like the tampa tom time was going to be a good one to talk about yeah it's ending terribly lost everything in his personal life allegedly publicly mm-hmm, sure. right he lost everything in his personal life from coming back sounds like and the team fucking stinks it's like there's a couple throws he threw where i'm like damn tom you literally had the worst unretirement in the history of sport and it's tough to watch but on the flip side the NFC South is still wide yeah, open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the most dysfunctional team we've seen in some time in the mm-hmm. NFL. They are leading the NFC South with who? The Atlanta Falcons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who lost in a boat race yeah. to Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. yesterday. So the NFC South still wide open. Will Tom be able to turn around? That is the conversation. Will Tom? Will Aaron, I've given up hope on the Colts, but will those two teams be able to turn it around the next 11 weeks because that is what they're supposed to do? And on the flip side, can the Chiefs maintain what they're able to do? How about the Bills who just beat the Chiefs a week ago? Are they going to be able to maintain? Philadelphia Eagles, we all love that team. Didn't see anything. Obviously, they didn't play, but we love that. Are they going to be able Mm -hmm. to keep going? There's so much time left. We have to overreact, but it feels like they are who we thought they were with a couple of the teams that we have been able to watch here yesterday. Yeah, with the Bucs, it feels like you know they'll make some sort of move because of how bad they are maybe they add to the defense maybe they add to the offense in the next week you hope the Packers would do the same but they just never have so you can't really you know bank on that but because you know how bad Brady and the Bucks look now there's no chance he calls it after this year well, absolutely he said, no he chance. said there's no retirement in his future no. or whatever mm-hmm. and he said that in a press conference I assume that's because he's alone now what the fuck yeah. am I gonna do yeah, I'm gonna play till I'm 50 you know I used to talk about till the wheels fall off now that I got nothing else to worry about in my house exactly. till the fucking wheels fall off <laughs> yeah. And play. I hope he doesn't because if he's going to continue to lose, that's not what Tom Brady does. Tom Brady's known as like the best winner of all time, and that team does not look like that at all. The ref asking for an autograph after the game in a tunnel, that's getting called into yeah. obviously scrutiny, yeah. and uh, I, I think they're I think they're investigating that whole thing. Can't yeah. have refs asking players for autographs in the tunnel after a game. Now that team lost. That team stunk. Still terribly optically. I think the refs have done okay. I don't think they've really stolen the conversation this weekend, so we should give them a little out of baby out of baby refs. I think we should give them some love. But Tone, your team last night, Kenny Pickett throws three picks. They yeah. were in it all the way until like twenty seconds left in that game yeah. against the Miami Dolphins. And it seems like the Steelers are always gonna fight. Now they got blown the fuck out by the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of contradicts that. But they're gonna you guys are dead too. They're one and five, right? One and five this two and five. Two and five. This is gonna be this is going to be the first season Tomlin's ever had with a losing season, probably, right? 
Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Chase Claypool is like, man, can you give us some fucking gobos? Okay, I like him talking about that. Does Matt Canada love it? I don't know. Everybody hates that guy. Kenny Pickett throws three picks yet again. Two of them in desperation yep. time. The last one's bad, though. Yeah. Second and two, you're in scoring, like, six-point game, end of game. Can't do that. The other two, uh, we'll see how it goes. Steelers are dead, you think? And are you worried about it? Well, uh, Chase talking about we need to throw more more deep balls. I don't know. It depends on what um, high school playbook Matt Canada stole. And oh. he's using right now. I don't know if they have deep balls in that offense. We not. need to get a, a Texas high school playbook. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. Maybe. It's a lot of like sprint outs and and Mickey Mouse bullshit. Um, you can't throw those picks if you're Kenny. Like I know the what the the second Third pick. Mate, yeah, the second pick. It was uh, it was that one was forced a little bit. The last one he could have run for the first time. Like like last night. The first drive, they led up to Tua, and they decided, hey, let's not leave wide receivers wide open. And then the rest of the night, the defense was fine if they would have just caught some balls. But, you know, like Peyton led the league in interceptions yeah, as a rookie. of course. Sure. Mm-hmm. Of course. Terry good. Bradshaw led the league in interceptions as a they rookie. They ended up pretty good. Yeah. So, oh, I mean. Yeah, so you're saying that you guys suck. Yeah, so everybody yeah. on this stage, like if you guys lose to the Bears tonight, which well, I don't think will happen. Don't worry. Bear Dad. Don't worry because it won't. But I'm just uh, saying, it, this is a vastly different season for all of us. Definitely. Colts are dead. Mm-hmm. Colts right now appear to be fucking dead. The Packers, I mean, we'll get more information tomorrow, can still go on a run. Vikings are in that division, though. I don't, I don't think they're dealing with anywhere near the same amount of shit that you guys are. Steelers, you're already saying, oh, Peyton Manning threw 20-something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're already giving up. Yeah. And the Patriots, it'd be a real shame if you guys were the only team on this stage that was represented on this show that was going to go on and have a hell of a run. You honestly believe that the boys are all the way back? And what did you learn from yesterday's slate of games? I mean, from yesterday's slate of games, you said it early, like there are teams that you know are going to be in at the end that teams that won't be. And some of them like the Bucks and Packers, you know, you expected them to be. There's still time to turn around, but it's tough for Green Bay because those, you know, wild card spots with the Cowboys and the Giants already kind of being five and two, six and one, like that's who they're chasing now. The Vikings, it feels like, are going to go on and win that division. They're five and one already. They just kind of stay the course. Kevin O'Connell seems to be a guy. Uh, but what I learned yesterday was, you know, Phil Rivers, good dad, good father. Why do he leave behind his ankle weights for Matt Ryan to put on and wear? Because the guy can't move around in the pocket. What what are we doing here? Because the Colts, like, hey, if the Colts lose nineteen to ten, but Jonathan Taylor has thirty carries for sixty yards, like that's one thing. But they're throwing the ball sixty times a game with Matt Ryan, and they have no weapons. Like Paris Campbell played well, but they didn't go out and say like, hey, let's add somebody, let's use the tight ends we have. It's like, okay, we're going to rely on our running game and Naeem Hines and Deion Jackson and you know Jonathan Taylor. But then they don't give them the fucking ball, so it doesn't make any sense. And you know, you mentioned the Chiefs too. The Chiefs every week do something different. Like they don't do the same old shit like Pat uh, with. Ty mentioned with the Packers, like the Colt, like you mentioned with the Colts, every single week, yeah, the <laughs> Matt Canada and the Steelers, every single week the Chiefs are doing it a different way. And uh. Mahomes said before the season, like, I apologize to fantasy football managers because, you know, every week some guy's going to be going off differently. And they're actually doing that. They're not saying it, they're doing it. And it's unbelievable to watch them play because you know it's going to be Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. And then the NFC, it feels like it's going to be Eagles and then maybe one of those, you know, Vikings teams that. The NFC South 
is terrible. Like, even if the Bucks turn it around at some point, do you really think that they can go on a run with how much, you know, animosity it seems to be between just the teammates? Let's talk about the NFC East, shall yeah. we? Because yeah. the NFC South does seem to be a problem. Look for the Falcons. What if the Falcons go on and win the NFC that. South? I would love to see it as well for Artie Smith and the beer drinkers. Now, they got cooked yesterday by Joe Burrow, <laughs> who had 345 yards in the first half. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow had 345 yards in the first half and like four touchdowns or three touchdowns or something like that. Jamar. Him and Jamar cooking. Two touchdowns. They had the exact same play that they ran against the Saints with two minutes left against the Falcons yesterday. Just both NFC South teams getting the same. I mean, that's a dart to Jamar Chase. uh, This one stopped back shoulder, cut it back across the field. Mm -hmm. That's the same exact thing he did against the Saints just one week ago. This time it's in the second quarter as opposed to the fourth quarter. It got ugly quick there. So I don't want to give up on the Falcons just yet because Joe Burrow and the Bengals appear to be all the way back. Remember, mm-hmm. there were some yeah. questions early. They got... Remember, this Bengals team got fucking shit-fucked yeah. by Fuck. the New York Jets. Oh, yeah, big time. And, and the Jets, we don't know what the Jets are. The Jets might be good. They continue to prove that they are good, so maybe that win is a little bit different. But the Bengals are one of those teams who have seen to find back how to do it. Let's keep Joe Burrow mm-hmm. on his feet. We can maybe get going. But in the NFC South, the Falcons at the end of the day, might be the only team that can really consistently win. Yeah. And that's because they can run the rock. You look at the damn Bucks; they can't really do anything. Oh. Like, I, I don't even know what their identity is. I don't know what they're trying to be. It's confusing why their players are checking out, it seems like. But it happens if your main guy's checking out. It kind of gives everybody else the excuse to do it. It's like when Tom was up in New England. And they always said that Tom was able to get coached the same way as everybody else. Bill would yell at Tom just like he would yell at everybody else, right, Mm -hmm. is what they said? Yes. So now you have to assume because Tom would do that, everybody else would take the coaching. Now you'd have to assume if Tom is leaving and Tom's acting other ways, everybody else is going to follow in line as well. You can lose your culture quick. And I don't want to say, like, Tom doesn't have other shit going on in his life. He does. And he compared to going into a season like he's going on a tour in the military, mm-hmm. and the military is obviously ripping him apart for that. Yep. But I feel like this is a different Tom, so you're going to get a different reaction from the locker room than we've ever seen before. It's almost like when a substitute teacher comes in because this isn't the same Tom as it mm-hmm. was in Tom in the past. And it's like all the little details, let alone Bruce Arians isn't there anymore. New head coach, new Tom. The little details are going to be missed out. I trust the Falcons oh, yeah. and Artie Smith a lot more yeah. than I do the Buccaneers right now, and that's crazy to even think about. Then we go to the NFC East. They not only have the Eagles, who are undefeated, Bad. the fucking Cowboys, what they did to the Lions yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, he's disappointed he's not down, you know what right. I mean? Because right. the defense has been playing well. But if Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, because Zeke had a hyperextension there, Tony Pollard comes in, gets a lion's share of the reps there for the latter half of that game, he's able to make moves. If Dak Kellen and that Dallas team are able to do what they were able to do with Cooper Cush. No offense to Cooper. I have faith that Dak is a little bit more talented than Cooper Cush in all aspects yeah, for sure. of the NFL. He has a lot more experience. They could be a fucking problem in the NFC. And nobody thought that the NFC East was going to be worth a single fuck going into the season. Here we are sitting that they might have two of the teams that are going to be able to go on the long haul in the NFC playoffs. And that's what this NFL season has been. It has been fucking insane this year, Tony. Yeah, Dak looked clean last year. Like, he took a little bit to get back, but, like, he definitely found his groove yesterday. Um, like, but are they going to threaten for Super Bowl? Like, I, we were talking about today. Like, there's th- three teams, I think, that are threatening for Super Bowl right now. It's the Bills, the Chiefs, and in the NFC, the Eagles. Like, 
right now the Eagles look. I like the Vikings too. Oh, yeah, I really like. They had the a bye week this oh, week, yeah. so it's yeah, out of sight, out yeah, of mind. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. kind of forgetting about them. But I like the Vikings as well with the amount of weapons they have. And if on defense you can get a couple stops in opportunistic times, you can win the fucking game. Yeah. But we have so much time left. I mean, so you look much. at the Dolphins. The Dolphins win when two is playing. Yep. Right. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will that continue? Are they a team that can go on the long haul? Nobody thinks that they can. They get a big win on prime time on Sunday Night Football mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh Steelers. They get three. They create three turnovers. Yeah. We're talking about Kenny Pickett just forcing balls. Dolphins are saying we created three turnovers, mm-hmm. especially when there's 20 seconds left. We're up six. We get a pick, keep our feet in, and a touchback yeah. so the ball goes all the way out to the 20. That's what the Dolphins' defense is saying. Like, yeah, when a play needs to be made, we can make a play. The other team only scoring 10 points. So you would assume that Tua, who is back and – you know, Tyreek, who seems to be you unbelievable. Back? And Waddle. What's that? Like Do you back believe Tua's uh, broadcast? I think the broadcast said last night, Tua's the first player to ever have a concussion in the NFL and then come back and play. So no, because like, I thought was, Kenny had a concussion. Yeah, yeah, Kenny. Oh, he did, too. I, they talked has about anyone it. else ever had a concussion and come back and play? Favre. Favre had concussions and played? About 60, four. 70 of them. Yeah, 4,000. There's so those, a certain there's those. a certain amount of concussions you get where you just start robbing poor people. That's right. Oh, I think that's true. like thousands. So that's yeah. why they're bringing it up. I think. Oh, I think okay. It's because uh, so they're worried about to a potentially robbing moving to Mississippi. Oh, sure. and then robbing, robbing people, people from Mississippi. Yeah. Okay. I, too many concussions. I understand. I misunderstood. You're that saying they were talking a little bit out of pocket about the whole situation? Well, no, 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 no. I mean, just the whole thing. Like the, they spent fucking ten minutes on Tua getting a concussion. Everyone gets concussions. Football. Okay. <laughs> Guy talking has yeah, yeah, had, pl- had plenty of them. But that that is the thing. Like even people on the internet sometimes when Tua was scrambling and trying to get a first down, like being upset about him not I sliding. Loved it. Yeah, it's like he's I loved him doing it. We, we have the play, I believe, where he just lowers his head. This is one there was two of them that yeah. were fantastic. Here we are in the third quarter, up six, uh, in your own end, third and eight, needed play. What do you but, want me to do? Yeah. What do you want me to do is what Tua said. Yeah. Tua said in an interview on um Football Night in America, he was talking to Maria Taylor, and he said, yeah, you know, I've talked to my family and my coaches and everybody about how, you know, i got to be smart about it and i got to do this. And I, Instead of taking an extra hit, just go down and get rid of the ball and all that shit. Third and eight, <laughs> yeah. third quarter, there was- need to make a play. What are you going to do? Two is lowering his shoulder trying to pick it up. And if he didn't do that, I would assume that he would feel terrible about what he's showing to his teammates. And then here he is with Devin Bush literally lowering his head yet again in the goal line area, uh, in the red zone area, trying to do it. It's like some people only know one way. And if Tua didn't do that, how does Tua feel immediately after the game? Yes. Because he feels like he let his whole teammates down. It's interesting. It's fascinating. It's a dangerous sport. We have to remember it's a very dangerous sport. Right. There's actual contact happening. We turn on UFC, which is on ESPN. We turn on other things mm-hmm. that boxing on. Oh, everything, and we're looking for people to get knocked out. Yeah. We're looking for people. That's literally the goal of the whole thing is to knock the person out. Football, though, because of how popular it is, how big it is, and what the future of it hopefully will be, everybody's trying to kind of skirt around that conversation. Football is a physical sport. I played in a position that was the least physical. I had six surgeries that I had to have, mm-hmm. had a couple of tackles. I mean, it is a physical sport. I experienced nothing like everybody else has. I'm just talking about the lowest physical demanding position, what I had to do. It's never going to change. People are going to continue to get concussed. It's a damn shame. We don't like it at all. But until they figure out the perfect helmet to absorb all the punishment, we just have to understand it's going to take place. Now, we did hear from Tua that in the Buffalo Bills game, 
he did not get knocked out. No, no. Now, would Tua ever tell the truth uh, in that situation? We don't know. That Thursday night game, he has come out and said that he didn't remember anything after the hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. That is scary. That is not fun to hear about, especially somebody that we enjoy in Tua Tonga-Valoa. Yeah. But if we were to hear everybody's concussion stories that uh, went on to play again afterwards, I think we would all be very alarmed. And we can ask the UFC fighters and boxing fighters and people that have ever been knocked out in the past what it's like. It's just the sport is physical. We have to remember that. And if somebody signs up to play, like Tua is, we have to respect their wishes to make more money than they'd be able to make in any other profession, to take care of their family, to live out a dream, to do what they were put on this earth to do. I think we should not just make it a full, or is he is he risking his entire family? It's like yeah. he's also taking care of fucking his whole family, hopefully forever. That's why he's even playing to begin with. It's just like uh, we, it is a dangerous kind of conversation. We love what Tua did, like running into guys. Like we love that. But, like, that team was much, much better when two was the quarterback, too. Like, and he has had some injury things in the past. So, yeah, I get smarter. I get, for yes, sure. correct. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's on time and that offense is on time, like, it's very, very good. Like, when, yeah. when he yeah, hit the first drive, I yeah, when he hits his, he hits his last step and gets it out, like, to those playmakers. They're, I think they're the fastest team in the NFL. I saw a stat last night. They were the slowest in team in the NFL last year. Um, like that. Oh yeah, average ball carriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like twelve miles an hour was the slowest this year. It's like thirteen point one miles an hour, mm-hmm. which was a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. And that's why when people hit the, get the ball though, they get tackled. I guess they account for all those stats yeah. as opposed to just the wide open. It was an interesting stat. Yeah, they showed a lot of interesting stats last night to kind of shoehorn those. <laughs> yeah, AWS. Oh, stats. and the, you know there was not not only last night in a game there was multiple times last night where field goals were turned down to go up nine what's mcdaniel doing yeah what no idea up six clearly in field goal range yeah in the red zone clearly (laughs) in field goal range way in there and then they hand the ball off to to like there's backup running back and they don't pick it up it's like what are we doing i I like mcdaniel i think he's a very smart guy obviously they told a little bit of a story about Mm -hmm. him working for the offensive line coach back in the broncos yeah he'd get his ass kicked i guess it was Mm -hmm. just like long he has been invested in football and his big brain for as long as he's been an adult so i got nothing but respect for mike mcdaniel him not kicking a field goal there put up nine i don't understand why you wouldn't want to go up two scores I, i don't know why especially with what the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has been doing, Correct. which is once again, nothing that stats can account for. The analytics can't account for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense on that particular night, how they're doing and whether or not you should fucking go for a touchdown or just kick the clear field goal that you had to go up two scores. There's a, there's a lot of bad decision-making going on, but sometimes the teams are winning, so we don't even talk about it. Miami Dolphins is another one. Of and that's what he said post-game. They asked him about it. He said, no, it wasn't an analytics-based decision. That was just me and my feel of the game in the moment. And he was like, and luckily we won, so you know we're not going to be talking about it too much. He was like, but yeah, I need to be better about that. Hand up. I probably won't make that mistake again. The Seahawks bury the Chargers. Man. That... The, That's a football team. The mm-hmm. run that Geno Smith is on right now yeah. should be talked about more. We won't talk about it because coming into the season, the Seahawks were the team that traded away Russell Wilson. The Seahawks were rebuilding with Pete Carroll at the age of 70. Mm-hmm. Now, they reiterated numerous times, this is not a rebuild, this is not a rebuild, this is not a rebuild. Pete Carroll said, you know, something, he likes the team he's at. It was just time to move on or whatever the case was. None of us were listening. We're like, you just got rid of Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Pete. Hey, Pete, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're 71 years old, okay? You're lucky to still be having a job. You trade away Russell Wilson. You guys are going to stink, dude. Everybody thought that in the national lens, I think. Big time. I think even some Seahawks fans were very bummed that Russell Wilson was sent out of there. Probably most of them. Could we have ever fathomed? No. 
that West Virginia grad Geno Smith would maybe be the most accurate and explosive quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. What? Jalen. What? Joe Burrow. Why? Yeah, yeah, but I think exactly. Geno showed up every single. Yeah, he has. He's a top he five right now. He, he top five quarterback in the NFL in electricity, in accuracy, yeah. in production. I think they were number one offense in the NFL last weekend. I don't know what happened after they got stumped a little bit. They might drop down to like three or four. I don't think any of us could have guessed this. Shout out to DK Metcalf making plays, still mm-hmm. being unbelievable. Shout out to Pete Carroll keeping the troops. I mean, there's jump. Pete Carroll's doing jump shoulder bumps with people yeah. right now. Yeah. They're all the way in. Geno's playing his best football. The Seahawks are in the lead of the NFC West. Wild. The NFC West have the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams in it. The NFC West has a team that is invested in the quarterback, the head coach, and the GM for at least five years. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars invested in such. Supposed to be the most explosive team. Arizona Cardinals are over there. The NFC West is problematic because they have not only McVay and Kingsbury. They got Shanahan. Now it's got Christian McCaffrey. The Seattle Seahawks are the most put-together team over there, I think, is what we're saying, what we're realizing. We're seven games into this thing. They're number one in the NFC West. Will that remain for the entirety of the season? Should everybody be talking about the Seahawks more? I believe yes, but I think it's tough to trust because of what we've seen Geno do in other spots. Mm-hmm. Now, Geno's a much different quarterback than he was when he was with the Giants, with the Jets, with the... I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Because he's been the backup in Seattle, in Seattle for a long for a time. While, he's yeah. a much different quarterback now. Mm-hmm. He's gone to quarterback school for different reasons. He's graduated a doctorate with the amount of time he's had before his last time being a guy to being now. He's a completely different quarterback, and uh, I'm fucking happy for him. Yeah. I'm, fu- I'm happy for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I know the conversations around Seattle's building are, thank God fucking Russell's out of here. Let him take that bullshit to Denver. We got a team who seems to be all in. Geno also played for the Chargers, so the Jets, Giants, and the Chargers. Now he's with the Seahawks. He's backed up Phil Rivers, I believe, backed up Russell Wilson, backed up Eli Manning. These are all people that you can learn from. Experience kind of continues to grow for him. The Seahawks are maybe a problem. They fucking buried the Chargers in L.A. I don't think any of us could have expected that. No, they beat the hell out of them. And they're doing it with guys who aren't, you know, their number one guys. Like Kenneth Walker, he's their backup running back, and now he's running for two touchdowns. Marquise Goodwin, you know, he kind of got forgotten in San Fran. He comes in and scores two touchdowns. I think D.K. might have gotten hurt, so Uh we'll see what happens with that Mm -hmm. because losing him is massive. And then, you know, with San Fran and Arizona getting D-Hop back, and you mentioned McCaffrey, it will be interesting to see how these next 10 11 weeks play out but it's unbelievable that they're even here now they're over under to start the season was five wins and mm-hmm. we're at four and three yeah. already and the- gino's ball he's making throws that you watch you're like oh is that the best throw of the day yeah mm-hmm. and it's on a consistent basis i think a lot of people are like oh he made one and then it's like every week we're seeing like two three highlights <laughs> out of gino it's like man this motherfucker found something over there um the thing with Seattle earlier in the year was I think they did have like one of the top five offense and then the worst defense. But now they have Woolen, the rookie corner, who had four interceptions in a row in a game. Row, uh, in yep. Four interceptions four weeks in, in a four row. straight row. Yeah. That's not how Yeah, you nailed it. That's yep. not how yep. words work. That's concussions, though. That's right. Uh-huh. That's football. That's exactly right. right. And that's passion. The other rookie corner, Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati, um, like, the, like they're getting better on defense, too. Like that was the, the Achilles heel earlier in the year. And 
I wouldn't want to play Seattle Seahawks right now. They're a complete team, it feels like. What are you going to say, Todd? Well, also, like, I, you don't want to just take it back to Russ, but it also seems like this team, like, these guys genuinely, like, like each other and play for each other. And, <laughs> you, yes. and yeah. you always talk about that, like, how important that is. And when teams do like each other, like, they're just going to play better. It's as simple as that. And now that Russ is gone, it does almost feel like, okay, hey, there is, there's no divide anymore. Like, we're all in this together. They play hard for Geno, and he's limited his mistakes. And you got to credit Pete Carroll, too. Too because I mean shit like yeah no one was giving them a chance at all going into this season and they do look like one of the best teams in the NFC right now. Speaking of a team that nobody gave a chance to going in and also looks like one of the best teams in the NFC right now, Brian Dable, mm, hell yeah, blue F one fifty in the New York Giants go down to Jacksonville and get a twenty three seventeen win. The Giants are now six and one. Hey, the wow, New York unreal. Football Giants are six. And one. Who would have guessed that at training camp? Who would have guessed that last year? Who would have guessed that for the last decade that they've been trying to find what the fuck they are? I had heard about the tradition and the prestige of the New York Giants football program. I know that there's a lot of legends that are on TV, and I know that Super Bowls have been won there, but that team has looked like a shell of an NFL team for a long time. They bring in Dayball, who shows up in a full suit in his F-150 day one mm-hmm. with his suitcase saying, we got to go to work. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming he's never put a suit on since no. this no, day. No, no, no. He has revitalized an entire culture of not only Giants fans, but the Giants building, the Giants community. Daniel Jones won for 19-30, 202 yards passing, and a touchdown and 107 yards rushing. This dude is one of the greatest athletes in the NFL. Uh We were asked one time by a former NFL quarterback, (laughs) what do we know about Daniel Jones? We said, well, his over for rushing is going to hit every single week. This dude's over for rushing is going to climb all the way up to like 60, I think, at one point. He's winning games. Dayball's got the boys motivated. They beat the Jags, who... You know, ETN's starting to really blossom. Last two weeks, he's had big plays. He scores his first NFL touchdown this week. He ended up fumbling or kicking away another one where he would have scored. Seems like he's going to be just okay in the league. Trevor Lawrence seems to have control over that offense. Thibodeau is a fucking dude, though. That play we just showed, he tracked him down for 55 yards from the backside there. But remember, he likes NFTs, so let's not get him on your team. Everything the Giants have been doing seems to be working. Every move they made in the offseason, and seems to be paying off. Every speech that Dayball has given telling them about it being a different year seems to be working. Saquon shifty again. Daniel Jones is a dude. Slayton catches a touchdown. This team is fun to watch. This team wins. And I love the way Dayball handles game days. Whoop, whoop. Saquon with a cut, cut. How you doing? Keep it moving. Stallion on the field yet again like he was a couple years back. He told us at Super Bowl Radio Row he's ready to get back into being who he was. Mm -hmm. He was telling the truth. Dayball is smoking cigars with Giants fans after the game down in Jacksonville coming out saying, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, how you doing? We just won a game. How we doing? Smoke a cigar. How you doing? Hey, 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 yeah, we fucking won. We beat the Jags. All right. Hey, what do you know? Hey, how's your family? How's your family? It's It's cute. Is this a baby? I'll sign, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) He has changed everything for them. Yeah. And I'm pumped for him. I'm thankful for him. And I'm excited to watch this team continue to grow. I don't think they're done for just because how much I like Wink and how much I like Dayball. I think they're going to be able to be in it in the end. Is it? um, And Daniel Jones is doing all this without like their top four wide receivers, which is pretty impressive. But is all this every single game they've played this year has been a one score game? Like, is that Dayball? Is that coaching? Like, the toughness that they weren't winning those games last year? The togetherness? I think coach? it's the unity. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I think it's the unity. I, I, I think, like, those are the games.
times they lose in the past. Right. I think those are the games that go the other way. I think those are the games the Giants fans go, come on, like mm-hmm. we're supposed to be good. We're supposed to have a sense of toughness too. We're a New York team, New Jersey team. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be. I think Dayball is kind of captured all of that, put it in a bottle and be handing it out by the dozens in the building mm-hmm. because those close games, they seem to be on each other's side. Oh, what was it last week? He goes down, I think, to the defense. And he goes, let's get a fucking stop. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see coaches do that. A lot of coaches think that they have to act a certain way. Sure. They have to have the headset on. They have to get the crowd pumped. Yeah, they exactly. have to do whatever they have to do. Dable seems like he's still a position coach while being a head coach. A lot of people move from coordinator to head coach position. They get scared to do some of the same things they were doing as a coordinator because they're their head guy now. they got to act different. They're the face of a program. they got to lead uh, the offense, the defense, and the special teams. feels like he is still the same dude that was the coordinator. He's taken over the head coaching role. You pair that with Wink Martindale's defense that mm-hmm. seems to be buying everybody buys in the wink because they love that guy how baltimore let him out how baltimore let him out of the building no ravens beat the browns yesterday so i guess that's good we shouldn't even talk about anything negative about the ravens how they let wink martindale out of the building we don't know dayball's happy for it but the giants have it it seems like they have a have it in abundance and uh, teams that win those games and seem to be lucky in those games seem to be lucky throughout the entirety of the season. Teams that don't seem to suck for the rest of the year. Yeah, they play their asses off, and it feels like because of Dayball and Wink Martindale and that play right there that was just running like till the end, till the last play. Like This is unbelievable. Yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite plays of the weekend, and I think, like, I don't know if now's the time to do my favorite plays of the weekend, but I think this play for sure should be in there. Look, this is one of my favorite plays of the weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll roll them out one by one. Hard yeah, not. I mean, hard not. This is one of my favorite plays of the weekend, strictly because let's just get our eyes on some things, shall we? Fourth quarter, uh-huh. seven seconds left. 23-17, six-point game. Where's the line of scrimmage? It's at the damn 17. This is very much attainable. This is not a Hail Mary. This is a lot of plays in the playbook. It's almost at a good spot because the amount of room they have from here to here can stretch out this defense a little bit. There's a little bit of space to work with. So Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence in a good spot to get a win at home. Look at the fucking grit. Look at the passion. Look at the rally. Look at the stand by this New York Giants team. Rushing three, drop everybody else back. Can't get a first down and go down because the Jags have no timeouts. Has to be a touchdown play that they have here. Touchdown jumble. Oh, jeez. Man. At the one, this dude has to put his entire body into this fucking thing. Stops him at the line. Everybody rallies. Hold his ass up. Start sprinting in. Get your eyes on it. This team's grit won them that game. Three feet away from a loss. Mm -hmm. Three feet away from the Jags hitting that. If the Jags score there, we're talking about how the Jacksonville Jaguars have everything we just mentioned. How the Jacksonville Jaguars are a new team. How the Jacksonville Jaguars can go on and do it because of plays like this. But instead, it's McKinley, it's the boys in the back making a massive stand. And this is the difference of a fucking winning team forever and a losing team Mm -hmm. forever. That stop. Right there. Think about all of the goddamn pressure and weight on that dude's leg. Yeah. Yeah. Catching a body. Then you got to drive it back. Then everybody else needs to come in. What a fucking play. What a great description of what this Giants team has been in one play. And uh, what a time to be a G-Men fan. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a player-driven league, but I think you you can't 
overestimate how important coaching is too. Like they got they got the coaching search right. They've been looking to find the right guy for how long now? And Dable, and then Wink Martindale. Like that's a that, that's a guy who should be a head coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you get lucky enough where he just decides he doesn't want to be the DC in Baltimore anymore, or they don't want him. Whatever happened, and you get him to come over to be your defensive court. Like the situational awareness, the field awareness, all that kind of stuff on that. Like that's obviously the players too, but. That's great coaching as well. I love that Giants team, man. Yeah, they're awesome. And you could probably speak on it more, but like them declining Saquon and Dan Jones options, obviously they have no allegiance to them, but can't that go like two ways where it's like, oh, okay, fuck these guys, they don't want me, or, you know, bow up and buy Mm -hmm. into what they're saying? Yeah, I think Dable, it appears as if he's been very transparent with his team. Yeah. The way he acts with the media, the way he acts with the fans, it seems like he is always very genuine and always himself. I assume he had conversations with Saquon and with Dan saying, hey, listen, I'm brand new here. I have no idea if you're going to be good for my offense. I have no idea if we're going to be good together. Who knows if we we'll even like each other. I think mm-hmm. that is just kind of how you ha- got to handle things like that. You have to lay it all out there. I think Saquon had a lot to prove this year. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if there was a chance for him to say, oh, fuck these guys. I want to do my thing with how the last couple of years have gone with injuries and performance and everything. So I think Saquon just wanted to prove a lot to himself, yeah. let alone everybody else. I think Saquon wanted to, had a lot to prove to himself this season because – we always talked about the Giants' offense line being god-awful. Yeah. Terrible. And how he hasn't been able to do anything. Then he gets hurt. And he has recovery. Then he comes back. They're bad. He looks slower than he was mm-hmm. in the past. So everybody's judging Saquon. Big bust. Big bust. Big bust. So I think Saquon had a lot to prove to himself. And if Dayball was able to kind of use that as motivation for him, and if he said, we're not putting a, uh, putting a fifth-year tag on you so we can pay you more, you know, after you oh, have this yeah. year. Or Dan Jones, we're, we want to get a long-term. We don't want to do just the fifth year. We want to do a long-term extension if it works. And we talked to Bruce who's a Giants fan. Seems like Daniel Jones is playing himself into being the quarterback for the Giants for like the next five, six years. And we would have never said that one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, with how Daniel Jones, the Giants experience has been. We assumed he was the next Darnold. We assumed he was the next guy in in a team in New York, gets brutalized, beat up, team stinks, media kills him. This guy sucks, goes out, he's a backup somewhere else. Maybe he gets an opportunity again. It seems like this year, rushing for over 100 yards yesterday, throwing a tud, making some big-time plays for the Giants. He's going to be their guy for the foreseeable future. Now, will he be the first young quarterback who was drafted in the first round to take a deal that is mm. team-friendly? Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've seen it in the past, situations in the past. Tannehill was already paid, went to the Titans. They ran off of Derrick Henry, which they did yesterday. Oh, he had yeah. 30-some Again. carries, and he just fucking just, mm-hmm. just beat the – I mean, he just – just beat the uh-huh. he just beat the fuck yeah, out of the Colts. Stayed with it too. His last three games though, uh, not just against the Colts. Yesterday, 30 carries, 128 yards. Two games ago, 28 carries, 102 yards, 22 carries, 114 yards. The Derrick Henry Express is starting to take off, and everybody should do that. But remember, Derrick Henry Express was running through playoffs. The Titans were good all of a sudden. Mm-hmm, Tannehill yeah. had a, re-mer- a reemergence, uh, uh, almost coming out of the cave like he was Jesus Christ because he was dead yeah. when he was with the Dolphins, signs with the Titans. They kicked Mariota to the side. They started riding Derrick Henry. Boom, boom, boom. Then Tannehill was offered a new contract. We had heard about it. We didn't know what it was going to be. We thought maybe Tannehill would take less money because he understands that we need to build a team around him. It was like $125 million. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Like it was a massive deal. And he had already been paid, I think, by the Dolphins, 90-some yep. million. So he was already at his third contract but we have never seen a younger quarterback who you know embraces the situation and says i'm not expecting that actually 20 million dollars is 
More than enough. A lot of fucking money to pay me. $22 million is a lot of fucking money to pay me. Let's build up this team. Let's go ahead and do that. And the reason why that happens is, A, it's bad business. If you can get as much money as possible, mm-hmm. a lot of people say you should get as much money as possible. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think there are some decisions you should make in that. Like, for instance, if the team's better, your happiness is probably going to be much bigger. So is the money worth it more than it is whenever you guys suck if you get paid a bunch of money? Mm-hmm. So. That's a deep ayahuasca conversation, plant drug conversation to have in the entirety. But what if he says, I'll take $20 million, give me a five-year, $100 million deal, make $80 million of it guaranteed. The amount of money that they would have to continue to build that team yeah. on the defense, on the offense, on everything, yes. they'd be able to keep going. And it feels like he is maybe in the situation to do that. Other quarterbacks in the past have not been able to do it because uh, the NFLPA tells them, can't do that because if you take that deal, the mm-hmm. next quarterback will take a smaller deal and you're fucking everybody behind you. It's like, I think there's levels to this shit. And I don't know if Daniel Jones is at the level where he needs to be commanding the highest contract of all time but also i think there is a deal to be made to stay there so i hope that he doesn't feel pressured into going elsewhere or feels pressured into taking a big deal when it's like daniel if you take a reasonable deal that you have earned through your performances oh, yeah. and fucking let that giant seem get good your next four or five years might be much happier than they would be if you were going to take a bunch of money which they feel obligated or forced to pay you and then everybody fucking sucks around you remember those days literally a year ago two years ago it's an interesting mm-hmm. little case study that daniel jones has kind of worked his way into and it's because of success i'll be excited to see how dayball and the boys figure it out over there especially if he looks at his situation too it's like hey you know the last four years like i wouldn't say he's been you know piss poor but like he hasn't been he hasn't been good you know he hasn't warranted getting 150 million dollars like hey this guy who is my head coach now is kind of unlocking like what i can do and putting me in positions to succeed i mean shit before the season we were talking about them throwing Daniel Jones out there and basically, you know, tanking for a, a top quarterback sure. pick so that they could get rid of him trade and then for Jimmy G. Yeah, exactly. Or trade for Jimmy mm-hmm. G. Like we were talking about that shit before the season and which What's going on with Jimmy G? I don't know. It's like a It's a hundred. Well it started here, then it and then it's it, crazy. It is. Mm-hmm. Now Christian McCaffrey, they stopped giving him the rock. Wilson Jr. was electrifying. I guess he's the backup running back. Now he's the third string running back Mm -hmm. behind Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was picking up like seven, eight yards a clip whenever they're giving him the ball. I know he only had a certain amount of plays, but as that game went on, he became non-existent probably because the Niners felt like they had to get back in it because the Chiefs were just pulling away. Christian McCaffrey, though, in his first appearance with the Niners, Looked very fucking good. Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey appeared to be uh, thankful that he had a little bit of room, thankful that he had a little bit of space, thankful he's on a team that's a contender. And I think as his package grows, the Niners are going to be able to work their way back Mm -hmm. into the conversation of being, you know, one of the teams that's going to be around at the end. But they got embarrassed by the Chiefs yesterday, and it was not great, and it was not a great day for Jimmy. But to your point, we were wondering if the Giants should trade for fucking Jimmy G this offseason and pick up his $20-plus million contract just because of how bad Daniel Jones has. Been mm-hmm. and then in training camp, Daniel Jones threw one into the fucking stands. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember we're watching clips yep. from training camp where he's trying to learn Dayball's offense. He couldn't fucking throw a goddamn ball anyway. He couldn't. He couldn't shoot a penny in the ocean. No, he oh could. boy. Uh uh-uh. uh I've never heard that before. LeBron said that about the Lakers, but that's what it appeared like for <laughs> Daniel Jones. 
he has transformed himself. The conversation about him mightily here in the first seven weeks. And I'm already asking him to take a pay cut next year. Let's see how the season ends, I guess, before sure. we get into that convo. But do you give a three-year, $70 million, three-year, $65 million mm-hmm. deal so then he can still get re-upped if he fucking kills it and gets right. his number? And Dable and Douglas and them can continue to build that team. I feel like he might be the first person that does it. And I don't know how happy the NFLPA would be or how happy anybody else would be, but I think the happiness for Daniel Jones going forward would be much higher because they'd be winning some fucking games. Yeah, and to Ty's point, like, do you think Daniel Jones really wants to go to his fifth coach or fourth coach no. in five years after this year when he finally finds one that he has, is, is successful with? And that same conversation with a team-friendly deal could be made for Saquon, too. Like, hey, Saquon, you know, obviously... You running back, few, you got to take yeah. as much yeah. as you can get. Yeah, yep. true. Running back, you have to take as much money as you can get. It's not the, the job where... Like $20 million is a lot of fucking money. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that for the Daniel Jones quarterback experience, because $20 million is a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. You get paid $20 million to do anything, you should be very pumped about it. Now, when you start getting into the compare game, well, this guy's making $40 million, this guy's making $45 million, this guy's – so maybe make it $30 million, whatever you want to make. I just think he could be the first guy – The chosen one. That has had success with the team he's on and saying – I am not going to fucking hold this team hostage with a big question mark on whether or not I'm a guy or with a big question mark on what they can do at other positions. I think you should pay some of these guys that are worth it, that top number. Yeah. I think there are levels to this shit. If you can win a game all by yourself, you should be put at that level to be mm-hmm. able to pay. If, if When push comes to shove, you can make others better and win a game all by your goddamn self, you should be able to get paid that. But other than that, I mean, let's go ahead and try to do smart team building Let's make a good fucking team and let's go forward. But there's a lot of pressure on these quarterbacks to take the biggest deals of all time. Now, it's not Dan Jones' fault, but um, there's a chance that Joe Shane or whatever and Dayball come to him at the end of the year and be like, hey, Gettleman fucked this salary cap up so much. Like, and this is good. We hit on Evan Neal. What we, are they eating? Holiday still sitting oh, yeah. there. We hit on Thibodeau, and, and I believe they, Evan Neal got hurt yesterday, but I believe they avoided like major injury. Um, like and they can like sit him down and have that conversation. Like, yeah, you, this is one really or good year, depending on how the rest of the year goes. But like, eighty million guaranteed. So I, hey, how about the Giants being good again though? Well, and the Jets being fucking wild. Good again. That's it is a, wild. That's the thing. If like if he does take a team, for, like he's not playing in some bullshit. You know, he's playing for the Giants. Like if they have a bunch of money, like that's a market where guys. If they're good again, Rich like forever. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, got, and guys will want to go. Free agents will want to go play in New York if given the opportunity, and if they have a bunch of money to spend. The reason why guys want to play in New York forever, because you want you'll be rich forever. Yeah, right? off the field. you do well there, you're rich forever. Yep. A lot of people that understand marketing over there in that area. A lot of deep pockets over there. Congrats to the Giants. Can't wait to see what you guys do. I don't think their team is going anywhere, though. I don't think so either. There's some team, A lot of people on the internet say the Giants are the luckiest 6-1 team of all time. It's like, cool. What's Ride that? that luck, then. Yep. Keep riding it. That's right. I like the culture. It yeah. feels like Dave. I Bill. love Dable. Me, too. He's the man. Wink, too. Yeah. You love were, him. You were talking about Dable and how, like, you know, some coordinators that get head coaching jobs and feel like they have to act a certain way. That's how Salah felt last year, and now it feels like he's back to acting like how he was as a coordinator. Like as far as like you just mentioned the Jets, like that was my main thing that I saw yesterday and like the last few weeks. And now it's a lot easier to act that way sure. when you're winning. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you're losing, it's not as easy. But it does feel like some people lose their soul when they get a head coaching job because they put the head coaching suit on and say, "Hey, this is what I'm supposed to do." 
I like watching these dudes go, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I like watching the teams that have stunk forever kind of have a little bit of a run, kind of see their fan base come back, get excited, see the players understand what they're going through, but also have the mentality, we ain't one shit. We mm-hmm. stink. That's a good thing to have. Speaking of teams who ain't one shit and have not got, you know. Mm-hmm. It's got to suck. Say it. It's got to suck for them. Say it. Are you talking about the city we How about this? How about we just say three words all together? Ready? Same. Old Lions. Oh, you're going to say the Brownies. Oh, I thought that's what we were saying. Oh, no, they won true. a playoff game, Tony. Yeah, they beat the Pittsburgh yep. Steelers in the playoffs, actually. True. So yeah. that is but changed. But then they ran that quarterback out of town, although that quarterback <laughs> might stink. That's something I would never do, but I don't know shit because my team stinks. They do. What did MCDC say? Disappointed, not down? Yeah, I mean, he said, just like Ty said, LaFleur has said the exact same thing every week. I love you, MCDC, but you have said the exact same thing every single week. It's not your fault. It's not the quarterback's fault. It doesn't matter who's on the team. It doesn't matter who the coach is. The Detroit Lions will always be bad at football for one reason, and one reason only. We are cursed, and we know what that curse is. Pay Calvin Johnson. It's easy as he that. Said it. Mm-hmm. MCDC can do all the speaking he needs, all the motivating he needs. He can do 40 up-downs before a practice in the middle of training camp. Mm-hmm. He could be the greatest coach of all time. That fucking guy could be the next Lombardi or goddamn Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. sure. Until you pay Calvin Johnson back his money, I don't think anybody's winning as a line. Need to take some sage into that room where he decided to fuck <laughs> over Calvin Johnson yeah. as well. Get the evil spirits out of there. Might be cursed. But who am I talking about? The fucking Colts might be cursed the rest of the way too. <laughs> That's right. Packers yeah. might be cursed the rest of the way as well. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers seem to be going through a rebuild, yeah. reload phase. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about here. Let's get to a break. Hour two, we'll have A.J. Hawk here. We'll also dive into tonight's Monday Night Football matchup. Hell yeah. Of the Chicago Bears being eight oh, and a half point dogs in Gillette against Mac Jones, who's back off injury that's right. And the New England Patriots who are on a run with another quarterback. Mm-hmm. He were dogs. That's right. Under dogs. dogs. Who might get exposed. Yeah. yeah. Dog walked. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, There's, Bill. You're getting exposed. <laughs> There's one thing I learned from you know ESPN 2 on Saturday night. It's so awesome to be able to say into this mic that the Bears are going to get fucking killed tonight. Whoa. It is awesome. We knew that about Bama is what you're saying? Uh-huh. We knew it, Bama was going to do that sure. to Mississippi State. Yep. But we couldn't just say, hey, Bama's going to fucking beat the shit out of this team. <laughs> we did. We did. They're late in that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we did. Really it's off the world, interest. baby. Uh-huh. We're ready. That's right, Zito. Connor's very confident. And very. this is not oh, – yeah. Patriots fans are assholes. Mm-hmm. Assholes are assholes. That's right. Sure. That's why they're called – Massholes. I mean, that is a real thing. They're very confident. They have good reason to. Mm-hmm. They've won so many Super Bowls over the last two decades that they forget which parade they're at when something happened with somebody else in their family. True. It is obnoxious how much they have won. It is obnoxious to have had to listen to them. Connor, although he is a masshole, and he is sometimes obnoxious, sure. and he is very arrogant about being a Patriots fan, yeah. he has not set expectations like this for a game in a long time. No. You feel very good about tonight. Does that worry you at all, that you feel so good that it might not be good? No, I, just because I've seen the team play these last couple of weeks, and we always talk about you know how the Patriots aren't who they are in the beginning of the season. We're starting to get into that. Bill, Bill Belichick knows who his team is. They know their strengths. I do expect them to win like 38 to 3 tonight. Football! It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I'd say. Football is so fantastic. An incredible college football slate on Saturday and then Sunday. Uh, Week 7 of the NFL Mm -hmm. Sunday went to a different world. It is wild what is happening around the NFL right now. Teams that have no reason to win have won. Teams that we thought were going to be great 
have stunk, and we overreact to it all every single Monday right here in the Thunderdome with the Toxic Table at Boston Connor, at Ty Schmidt. One half of the Hammer Down Cowboys turn. Diggs is here. An absolute dog. <laughs> all the boys in the back, Evan Fox, Viva Lazito, and Nick Moraldo. We appreciate you all. Joining us now from an attic in Ohio, a man who's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion, a COVID survivor, an NBA pundit, yeah. what? a video game drama shit stir, yep. what? and a stallion of a man, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. What's up, dude? What's going on? My intro keeps getting longer and longer, I guess, huh? Well, it's because you keep adding things to your resume because you're so goddamn talented. Hell yeah! God, you're so talented. You know that? You're just the absolute best. We're lucky to chat with you every single day. I appreciate you traveling out here on Fridays. You do a great job. On this particular Monday, though, we overreact to things because there is a lot to overreact to. AJ, I'd like to ask you, this Packers team looks terrible. Hey, they look bad. Offensively, they look inept. Now, the defense obviously does its gig against the commanders, against Taylor Heineke, except for that third and nine with 207 left when they had to make a big-time stop, uh, stop. Taylor Heineke, eyes closed, delivers a ball that is absolutely on the money. First down, that's basically the game. But on the offensive side, are you worried about you know, our guy Aaron and that offense? They look fucking bad. They're not the only ones, AJ. We'll dive into the other teams that look bad. But that offense just looks boring. It looks slow. It looks inept. And it doesn't seem like a team that's going to be able to go on a run. Do you feel that way, AJ? I mean, as of right now, yeah, it doesn't look like they have a whole lot of answers. And I was actually watching some of the Sunday night, before the Sunday night game, Jason Garrett and Dungey were going back and forth. And I think Garrett kind of like he said, I don't think like it feels like Aaron doesn't have a lot of confidence and trust in everyone around him, I guess. I don't know how he feels about himself. He probably still feels pretty good. But it's just like sometimes you see some of those the angles from like the end zone view and you're like, all right, I don't know where he's going to go with the ball at times. And then, yeah, it just seems like they would have figured it out by now. And like Aaron said in his postgame press, you're like, here we go. Maybe this is the best thing for us playing the best team probably in the league. Let's see what we can do. Ty had to say – or Ty said that Aaron had to say that, which is – Absolutely true. Yeah. The quarterback of the team has to say something like that. I think he believes it. I think he actually, like, I think he's pissed, and he's probably pissed at everything and frustrated and wants to get back on track and knows, like, hey, this is an awesome opportunity for us if we go and find a way to win, or like you said, or the fear of being completely exposed as well. Okay, so I concur with everything you're saying, but even if Aaron didn't feel that way, he would have to say that that's how he feels. But you got the Buffalo Bills coming off a bye on prime time. Mm. Okay, and the Buffalo Bills defense, they're a hungry, hungry hippo bunch. They create a lot of turnovers. They create a lot of chaos. They got Von Miller, who is wrecking games, let alone the guys on the back end. If Jordan Boyer gets 12 interceptions this season, which he's well on his way to do so, we're going to donate a million dollars. That's how much, you know, that defense, could, uh-huh. this is not good. Yeah. I mean, now that we're t- turning our attention oh, yeah. to week eight here, and I appreciate Aaron saying it's the best thing that could happen, you know, get smacked in the mouth, then go have to play the best team in football that just beat one of the other best teams in football pretty mightily, and then that team dunks on the NFC's, one of their best teams. I mean, if you start looking at the uh, ipso facto meter here, the Bills are fucking so much better than everybody. Coming off a bye, you'd assume they're a little bit rested. Yeah. They've done some self-scouting somehow, and and you got the Packers, and with the way this NFL season has gone, it might make sense for the Packers to win this. Honestly, it might make sense that the Packers win this game, but that's just us being like skeptics. The Panthers beat the hell out of the Bucks. I mean, with their third-string quarterback. Yeah, we'll dive into that, but I'm just talking about, like, the Packers winning this game, I guess, would make sense with this particular NFL season, but looking at it, 
What do the Packers have that the Bills don't dominate them at? What, what do they have? It, it doesn't look great on paper for the Packers in this matchup. That is for sure. First, you're going to have to find a way to keep Aaron upright. I just find a way when they, they can get, if they can get four man pressure on you, good luck. That's what I'm worried about for the Packers offense. And I don't want to be negative here, but like Bakhtiari, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Is he, is he in jeopardy of getting like a career ender every, like what? And I don't know. Who did the rehab? Has he spoke at all? Has he been saying anything? Like what, uh, yeah, what can he, what more can he do to try to get that thing right? We like Bach. Yeah, I, I don't know Bach personally. AJ does. He calls him Takatari. Yeah. He likes him as a person. Everybody we've ever yeah. talked to likes him as a person. He chugs two beers at a time. Right. We assume he's a fucking great guy to be around. But this whole injury thing, playing, not playing, questionable, some series, all series, no series, with your quarterback getting fucking killed and that being a, you being a massive part of it, you can't help but wonder, like, what the fuck is wrong? Is this guy good? Is this guy – is he worried he's going to – not be able to walk again? Like, what is – and I don't want to, like, kind of sensationalize injuries the way I just did. Like, you see fear he's never going to be able to walk again. But it's real. Like, what is the worry every time he goes from full participant to questionable? Is there big changes from one week to the next on that injury? Is it is it new information? Is it new – feel? like, what the fuck is going – because he's a pretty vital part Massive. of that. Entire- how he feels. Massive. It has to be how he feels, right? Like, he it, he probably goes out there, plays, practices, does whatever, and then they're like, all right, well, let's see how you respond. That's my only guess is that his knee doesn't respond the way he would like, and it takes him forever to get back to whatever the closest to 100% he can get with the knee. And maybe, I don't know, like, is it ever going to be? Will it ever feel right? It's never going to feel the same as it did before, but how do you get it feeling as good as you possibly can? I can't you know, fathom the amount of pain and rehab that he went through. I've had five surgeries, I think, six, six, five, oh, whatever it is. I've had a lot of surgeries on my knees. None of them for full ACL tear or microfracture or anything like that. Just clean up, just in there. I mean, I had a dislocated kneecap once. They had to build that back in, put the groove back in. That was very painful. Clean up of stuff. And the knees are a painful that's a painful joint yeah. if you have any problems with him. I can understand that. But if he's having fear that he's going to tear it worse, right? Is that because that would be the only is reason? Is that what do you think? I never thought of that. Is that what do you think that's part of it? Don't you? Isn't that why you would opt out, that, right? That never crossed my mind with it. I don't know, though. I, I hope that's not the case. Because if that's the case, that's a tough thing to get over. Because whenever How do you you're, get over that mentally, yeah, that mental hurdle is going to be that's what the toughest thing coming back from ACL is getting out there, running full speed, making full speed cuts. Talk to any like ACL, someone coming back from an ACL, like when they got over that mental hurdle of it might be in a game, hey, I want to be able to make a cut in a game or hit, hit it and hit it, go downhill, do whatever it may be, and then trust it. And then it's like, okay, here we go. I'm good to go. Maybe he hasn't had that moment yet. I have had to have a conversation. This is my experience. It sounds like AJ just had his experience. I don't know if he had, but. AJ Cenas, the conversations I've had to have with the trainers at the Colts after every single one of my cleanups, every one of my rehabs, when I start punting again, it hurts like fucking hell. It hurts very bad. You're redoing something that's very explosive in a joint that has been built to not do that. And every single time I go, if I go, am I going to rip anything again? And they're like, no, you're good. I'm like, well, it hurts like hell. They're like, you got to re-basically introduce this thing. It is going to hurt or whatever. And then you just got to power through that. I have to, like three, four days. Much different position, much different rehab, much different ask. Everything. I'm not trying to say that mine is the same as box. But I have experienced that whole, okay, so is this thing going to pop again if I go right now? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you swing. Hurts like fucking hell. You're like, that hurts so bad. They're like, you're all right. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt this thing more. They're like, no. I'm like, 
boom, you just kind of, it's kind of a weird feeling to just be like, all right, well, I'm going to try to fucking break my knee, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then you, you finally get through it, your joint gets back and you're in there and you just kind of move on. It, that would be the only thing I think that would keep somebody out, right? Wouldn't, that, wouldn't the fear of fucking it up be the reason why he wouldn't go in there? I, I mean, I guess now that you, I never thought of it till right now, but I guess that's, that's, that could be part of it. I just assumed like, oh, his knee is swelling up big time and he can't bend it after he plays or whatever. So, oh, you're thinking he can't play. You're thinking it's like. I'm thinking, yeah, or like he's like, this isn't, I can't be the player I want to be if my knee is like this, maybe. Okay. I, so you think there is an actual, like, restriction? I don't know. It's all speculation, obviously, from my side, but I, that's all what I immediately go to. Okay, his knee's not responding like it should. Yeah, but if there, I mean, I'm not a doctor. Why am I even talking about it? <laughs> but even the but this part. makes no sense. He plays a whole fucking yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then a week later, he plays a percentage of games. And then a week later, he plays. Then a week later, he doesn't play at all. And then are they going to do that again? And it's like, well, you just had a sample size there of two weeks of how your knee's going to respond and what your knee's going to do. To go to questionable and then not play after playing? Like, there has to be some sort of, right? Something has to be. nobody really knows, too, right? Even though they ask LaFleur, and they're all kind of like, it's day by day. It might be hour by hour over there, like, what his status seems like. Which He's a big part of it all. Yeah. Massive part of it. For Aaron, too. Oh, yeah. Not only, like, physically and just, you know, but just think mentally, like, blindside. And I know Bach and Aaron are tight, so I assume Aaron understands what's going on and all that shit. But at some point, it's like, is Bach going to play or is he not going to play? This is two years now. Well, and they were planning on kind of retooling the offensive line yesterday and then couldn't do it because, yeah. you know, he, he didn't play. But also, like, you, you want him back in there because when he is healthy and who knows if he'll ever be the same guy that he was before the injury. But if he's not out there, like, he's also – he's taking up a massive chunk of the salary cap too. That's the, So, like, they can't really – like you can't do anything and go get other pieces that can help you out offensively because they're they're pot committed to him. It's really as simple as that. So hopefully he gets back soon. But that's the that's the thing that worries everyone is no one knows what the hell's going on. Like no one does. People who spend time around the team every single day, like it's almost kind of like there's they're like half answers and like nobody nobody really knows what's going on. I assume only he does, and maybe he doesn't even really know what's going on. I, I'm. It's an interesting you know, tale to tell because this Packers team does not look anything like what we thought this Packers team was going to look like. We knew there would be growing pains because there's no Devontae Adams. But just on a fundamental level, they look inept on the offensive side of the ball. They're out-schemed, it seems like, by people. Nobody's open. Mm -hmm. And then Aaron, he maybe doesn't even see the people that are open. And it's like, well, why is that that not – why is he not looking at that? It's like, is that not supposed to happen? And then you think about him getting beat up more than he's ever been. It's a multitude of things coming together to be like – this ain't the same old backers that we're used to seeing. They got a lot of time to turn it around. Uh, speaking of injuries, and I hate to do this, Jets running back Brees Hall uh, after test did, in fact, tear his ACL. Damn. That sucks for the Jets. Sucks for Brees Hall. Recovery is going to be tough. Rehab is no fun, Brees Hall. We would just like to say thank you for the electricity you provided. Thank you, Brees. Thank you, Brees first seven games of the season before he got hurt even yesterday dude he's wide open fucking striding out this doesn't happen in the nfl he's doing it every single week aj i don't it's it's obviously the offensive line Mm -hmm. it's obviously the scheme but you have to have a guy that can go the jets had a guy for the first seven weeks that could go in Brees hall at iowa state he is now out for the rest of the season with an ACL tear, and we will eagerly await his return. But this motherfucker was special yesterday and weeks before, AJ. 
Yeah, I feel for him. Obviously, he's he was a gigantic part of their offense and a gigantic part of like bringing all this energy and juice to New York too. So who's who will be like who's going to carry the load now? Are they going to spread it out a couple guys? Michael, yeah, Michael, Michael Carter. Carter. And Barrios, you get, look right. for a lot of Barrios. Look a lot oh, of yeah. jet sweep mm-hmm. Barrios coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Jets five and two currently. Congrats to the Jets. Wow. Sorry about the loss, though. Sorry about the loss. They beat the Broncos, and I'll tell you what, old uh, Brett Ripen, Ripen, mm-hmm. made a couple throws yesterday. I'm like, okay, it's a guy. Made a couple decisions. Go, okay, it's not a guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it looked anything different than when Russell was in on offense. They only scored nine points, a missed extra point, I believe, and a field goal uh, they had. But the Jets win 16-9. Who knows if that's enough to go forward. But this Broncos team continues to just stink. Mm-hmm. They just yep. didn't, Rippin, didn't Rippin throw the ball 60 times almost? Yeah, he had a couple good throws, too. Hey, there was a couple throws. You're like, God damn, this guy's a guy. Yeah. Nine points. In a game where you throw it 60 times. Yeah. Come on. Sauce had another good game. Yeah, Sauce Gardner actually made the game winner against Cortland Sutton. The call on the play, I forget who it was who did it. Maybe Uh, Eagle? Yeah. Ian Ian Eagle did it. And he said that Cortland got lost in the sauce on the last Mm -hmm. play because it was a game-winning pass breakup (laughs) by uh, Sauce Gardner, who appears to be – Filthy yeah, at guy. what he does. The Jets now, you know, they had the Revis Island. Now they got sauce in there. They got a team that they've built up. And Zach Wilson, if he can continue to grow. And you, you see Salah losing his mind. Diggs talked about it in the first mm-hmm. hour. Him back being confident is good for the NFL. Two New York teams doing well this season, A.J. Hawk. Well, now we're, we really get to see what offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur can do. Like You lose Brees Hall, a huge part of your offense. Now let's, it'll be interesting to watch how creative he can be to try to supplement that run game a little bit. You worried about the New York Jets up there, New England Patriots? Yeah, you are, aren't you? No, not yeah, at all. you are. Patriots are actually playing the Jets next week, so it'll be very interesting to see. I'm not looking past oh, the Bears because I want to absolutely Ooh. double. Oh, but, no, sure. Well, well, he, well, he, well, I was, but still, it, it'll be very good to see. And, you know, Zach Wilson sure still having growing pains. He hasn't thrown for 150 yards the last two weeks, and they have a very good defense, but Brees Hall was carrying them. That's a massive loss for that team. Brees Hall was awesome to watch every yeah. week. Mm-hmm. That Giants team, AJ? Hey. Hey. They know how to win games. Yeah. Dude, what a play at the end there. We're talking about three feet being a difference, maybe a foot being a difference in that whole game. Trevor Lawrence leads them down the field, has a chance to score a touchdown. They make the big-time stop about a half-yard line with no seconds left on the clock, third and ten, uh, seven seconds on the clock, no timeouts for the Jags, need a touchdown. Oh, they had it. They had it. And they make a stop. That day bowl personality, that day bowl experience that's going on for the Giants seems to be an awesome one. Wink Martindale on the defensive side, day bowl on the offensive side. You know, we know Wink loves good cold beer. Right. We know Wink likes having a good time. He relates to his players a lot, and they run exotics, and it's fun defense to be a part of. But day bowl smoking victory cigars outside the stadium with New York Giants fans. How's your family? How's your family? How's your family? How you doing? This guy is awesome. I think a lot of people are going to want to play for him, mm-hmm. and I think this team is for real. I don't think this is just a luck thing, A.J. Hawk. It does seem like – I mean, every week that goes and they continue to prove, I guess, their their haters wrong or people that don't think that they truly have arrived. So the more Dable does – I love Dable should go out there and hang out and smoke cigars with all the fans after every game. I had a couple coaches that would do that later on in my career. Like, they'd stand outside the team bus on away games and smoke cigars. I'm like, man, I need to get in there. Yeah, I, I had some uh, I had some beer drinking coaches what? as well. You know, a couple beers, a couple drinks every what? once in a while. This is the only reason why uh, you never see your family all week. So you can go win a game. That's right. Mm -hmm. So immediately after winning a game, you might as well have it, what, four or five minutes 
to enjoy it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe a beer or two, maybe right. a cigar before you hold yourself hostage for the next week watching film, uh-huh. trying to figure out how you can win because you're scared to death you'll get fired and all your assistant right. coaches will fucking get fired and have to move as well. And then you'll have to pick up and go make a lot less money somewhere else. You might as well have a good 10, 15 minutes to enjoy yourself, yeah. have a cigar. I like what Dayball's doing. I think the Giants fans love him as well. Let's talk about the fucking Colts and the Titans, AJ. Your guy Vrabel, good coach. Coming off a bye, I guess he's like 11-0 or something like that. Won the coach of the year last year. Number one team in the AFC. They had the most amount of players on the roster because the amount Mm -hmm. of injuries they had. Mike Vrabel, this Ohio fuck. Okay? So much so, he actually did a, he cut a promo on uh, Cowboy Callers for NFL Films because he said, I don't know the effectiveness of it in Ohio. It just looks sweet, was his actual, (laughs) with Uh a Cowboy Caller around his neck. And his shoulders and neck are so fucking broad. They put a Cowboy Caller that's normally attached to shoulder pads. The thing was snug around his fucking (laughs) head. He was a massive man. He would win every single fight against every single other NFL head coach. And he seems to be cerebral. His football IQ is through the roof. He has swag and he has a team, I think, that appreciates him and likes him. They have kicked our fucking ass in this series as of late in the Mike Vrabel era. And Mike Vrabel against the Colts when he was with the Pats, same type of shit. Uh For whatever reason, the Colts fans hate Tom Brady because of him being an asshole and taking a lot of happiness away from their childhood. Need to fucking also direct this towards Mike Vrabel, that Ohio fuck. He is such a good coach. He fucking dismantled the Colts team yesterday. He just dismantled. I mean, we were in the game the entire time. They didn't even score an offensive touchdown. But for whatever reason, our offense just couldn't do a fucking thing. We were throwing the ball 67% of the time on the season. That's number two in the fucking league. That's number two in the fucking league we're throwing. And then we're running the ball at whatever the other percentage is. That's number 31 in the league. So we have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. He was hurt. We have Naeem Hines in the backfield. He's unbelievable. We have 35, this new guy in the backfield. He's unbelievable. We're throwing the ball with Matt Ryan. And the Titans didn't give up fucking shit. Paris Campbell had a touchdown. Michael uh-huh. Pittman had a couple plays, but the Titans were just dominant in smothering of that Colts team, and I think a lot of it is because old Salt Bay challenge flag dropper oh, yeah. Mike Vrabel is the head coach, and I'm nothing but impressed with that guy and the way he runs the program, dude. Not well, this, Didn't this feel like a, a Titan? This felt like a Vrabel Titans win, like mm-hmm. how they did it. What, they forced three turnovers. And a 30 Davis. runs, Derrick Henry, 30 That's of them. That's awesome. You, this is what you're going to – remember, this is what we're going to fuck. Vrabel, I can already see him. Big old fucking lip in his mouth oh, yeah. talking to the team. Hey, you know what we're doing, more. We're fucking – this team, we're punching right yep. in the fucking mouth. Right in the mouth. We're running the ball 30 times with the biggest running back in the NFL's uh-huh. history right in their face. He did. You're right. Your Honor, this felt like a variable win. I'm sorry I cut you off. A little emotional no. about it. He had to be pumped. Like, he had to be juiced. But I, I wonder, like, what do you think it is that sets Vrabel apart? He, he's never called plays offensively or defensively, I don't believe. But anyone that knows Vrabes, who played with Vrabes, too, you talk to a lot of guys who played with him, they're like, he was like having another Bill Belichick when he was with New England, wherever he was. I remember playing Vrabes when he was in Kansas City in the preseason. A couple, like, he, you talk to other guys. Like, he was a coach on the field, absolutely. But he also has that crazy, whatever, Ohio mentality where, like, he – He's going to fight to the death no matter you know, what. Yeah, whatever, Ohio, man. You know you what know, it is. Yeah. You know You're what the it one is. that says it, but I'm just saying. Yeah, well, like it's he, a compliment. Rabel has something about him. He's got something about him. Oh, yeah, I take it as a compliment. Yeah, I, I think we should, you know, if things start popping off a little bit more in the real world, like I hear they are, yeah. we need to just get uh-huh. a magnet that just, you know, is attracted 
to Ohio fucks. Yes. Yep. You can just fly over Ohio, <laughs> pluck, them suck them up. pluck yep. all the Ohio Smart. fucks. Mm-hmm. AJ's yeah. right out of his He's house. Yeah. Through the roof. And then you guys just put, all, you put them all right down there, and we have the... This isn't. Yes. You yeah. fly that same magnet over Nashville, fucking Tennessee, yep. and this dude's getting plucked right through the ceiling of his house. Go. It's going to be a whole army, a platoon of Ohio fucks, and we just drop them over there. We will win. Yes. These Ohio fucks know nothing other than just to keep going. That is literally what they are. It is one of the biggest compliments I can give to anybody. Whenever I meet them, I hear they're from Ohio. I have a conversation with them for like. Maybe 30 to 45 seconds. And then once I realized, oh, this is an Ohio fuck right here. Okay, I know everything about you. I feel like I know you pretty well. It is a massive compliment. I think what Brable does and why he's so successful, and I learned this from talking to Paisano Lombardi. So whenever we were talking to Lombardi the first couple times on our show years ago, years, years, years ago, he would start talking about how you need to attack a team. Like, hey, this team, we need to do this. This team, we need to do this. This particular part is something you need to do. Like, the way he broke down and called a game the first, like, year we talked to him, I was like, oh, that sounds like probably what Bill. This this probably sounds like what Bill does. This is a different level of, like, viewing the game, being obsessed with the game, diving into the game. So I assume Vrabel's pretty big on that. Like, hey, on the offensive side of the ball, this in the game planning, and although he's not calling plays, I assume he is – I think he's a cerebral fuck. He is. That's the thing. That's why he's so good because he's he's like a genius meathead, which is I've said that about a few other people to where – yeah, he has this this mentality and he builds the culture, but Vrabel also has that crazy, weird football genius mind offensively and defensively when you talk to him. It's it's fun. Like it's it's fun to try to ask Vrabel's football questions. Like he'll look at you like you're stupid at times because he is that smart and he's seen every single play offensively and defensively. And he spent time with Bill Belichick. Like guys yeah. back in New England say like Vrabel is kind of the only guy that could say much to to Bill. Like he would actually to like anybody, chirp, right? it, chirp him and come back at him and and actually ask questions in team meetings and say things like that. Well, that's because he's incredibly confident with who he is because he is an Ohio fuck, right. and that is one of the traits. Yeah. That is one of the traits. Yeah, he still do. That, that is one of the traits. Yeah, Bill understood that as well. But I think my favorite thing about him is the fact that he is that football genius, but then he's drinking 45 beers. Right. The next yeah. morning, 5.30 a.m. conditioning. Right. He's beating everybody. And While then Im- smoking a cigarette. And yeah. immediately afterwards, yeah. to celebrate beating everybody in cardio, he's smoking a cigarette. That's like the coolest dude of all uh-huh. time. It's impossible not to be like, you know, all right, I'll yeah. Like yeah. when the guy starts speaking, he's like, ah, this fucking guy. This guy yeah. knows. Seems to be a better partier than you. He's a better runner than you. He's tougher than you. He's smarter than you. If this guy's saying some shit, I'm probably going to listen. I would assume his resume in the human that he is gets the entire locker room to buy in as well. And that is something that is worth a lot more than anything that you can't teach, which I think is also a problem in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Well, and don't you think, like, it's always one of the cliches where it's like, oh, you know, the, a team takes on the personality of its coach. Like, his fit, his toughness and, like, physical toughness, like, you have to be a tough son of a bitch to play for Tennessee. Like, you just do. And it, it shows on the field. And some of these other teams, like, you can maybe argue it's like, they're taking on the personality of their coach. Like, you know exactly what you're getting if you play for this guy and, like, what is expected of you when you play on Sunday. And the Colts haven't been able to stop it. We haven't been able to stop no. it. No. No. We probably won't be able to. If there was a team called the Ohio Fucks, I feel like the Colts would lose. Yeah. Every time. Packers definitely would. I don't love it. I don't love that at all. But congrats to Vrabes <laughs> and the Titans on another win against the Colts. You go, Vrabes. They're chirping me heavy, Titans fans, uh-huh. as they should have, by the way. 
I guess Colts, the, Colts could have won that game. Could have. We're in it the whole time. I mean, Will Compton sent me. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> and we were watching the same game. I uh, as mm-hmm. I was watching, I actually the tweet I put up was. Uh, the Colts were terrible to watch or horrible to watch. Yeah, tough to watch. This Colts team, tough to watch. They're on the big TV. The sound's on for this mm-hmm. game. Yep. It is the most boring brand of football of all time. By yep. far. You throw the most. You don't get anywhere near the amount of yards that you should be getting. You run never. Your fucking guy doesn't have any holes anyways. Would they if they were able to come off the ball a little bit more? Huh? And teams weren't just Maybe. firing off. Perhaps. D'Amico Autry, Bud Dupree just having an opportunity, knowing that 67% of the time is going to yeah. be a go, let alone what the situation is calling for. Maybe that'll help out the offensive line. It seems to be fucking Swiss cheese. Yeah. I mean, the biggest is Swiss cheese holes as well. Everybody's just fucking there. Matt Ryan, I don't know how he hasn't broken half. Uh-huh. I don't know how he hasn't broken half. With that being said, if he broke in half, he'd probably throw a pick on his way down sure. because it seems like he just finds the other team a lot more than he finds our team. Yeah. And then his fumbling issue, that goes back to him getting broken in half. If he didn't throw a pick while his top of his body was leaving the bottom of his body, he would have certainly coughed the ball up, and that seems to be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't win games like that. <laughs> and the Titans, <laughs> Titans exposed all of it yesterday. Yeah. And uh, something's got to give here in Indianapolis. I have no idea what it's going to be. Jelani Woods, six foot seven guy that we all love. And by we all, I think just on this Big stage. target. Great red zone target, especially. Yeah. 6-7. We got a guy. We got a fucking guy. 6 Throw seven. it up there. He's the only one that can grab it. Throw it up there. Massive catch radius. Every time we do, uh-huh. he does. Every time he's on yeah. the field, he gets a Feels like Matt Ryan very comfortable with the 6 foot 7 guy. I don't know why. Oh, I do. Because he's 6 foot fucking yeah, 7. It's fucking huge. That is why Matt Ryan likes him. He doesn't get his first catch until four minutes left in the fucking game. First time I saw the guy on TV. Four minutes left in the game. We got a guy. Give the guy. Give the guy the guy. Give that John. Uh-huh. The John. The to John. the guy. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I, I'm just so confused, but I think it's also a lot of Vrabel and the Titans uh-huh. just confusing and punishing and everything like that. So it gets everybody off kilter. Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Feels like Vrabel punches us in the face and we just get fucking lost. Whatever the Colts got a lot of time figured out. Sure. We'll no. figure it out. Do they? We'll Do still they? figure it out. Yeah. Is there a lot of time? Yeah, another 11 more weeks. Plenty yeah. of time. 11 more weeks. Yeah. Do you think the plan going into this year was like, you know what, our best chance to win football games, we need Matt Ryan throwing it 60 times every Sunday? I think this is – this goes back to last year. I don't want to pile on Frank. Frank's a good guy. However, great guy. Frank was very nice to me. A lot of great guys in this world. Not all of them are head coaches and NFL teams. It's only 32 of those. Yep. Frank, after a game last year, was asked why we lost – and why Carson was doing what Carson was doing. And Jonathan Taylor was on path to be the leading rusher in the NFL. Yep. And in that game that we lost, I think I only got the ball, like, I don't know, a very limited amount of time. We were not giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor. So much so that the question was asked if Carson was audibling out of runs to throw the ball more, you know, because it felt like that was happening. And Frank said, you know, it's tough for the quarterback to get in a groove when we run the ball, and we're not trying to lead the NFL in rushing or mm-hmm. any year or whatever. And as soon as he said that, I said, we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, why? This guy has no – What about this tailback we got? Bro, we can lead the league in what we have the best at. Uh-huh. Like that is – in what your offense is and what you think your offense is and what's good for Carson maybe and whatever the case is, like 
Who gives a fuck? And I know Frank's a former quarterback, so that's probably. Uh-huh. I think it would know. help Carson. It would have helped Carson's game if they led the league in rushing. Like that, that helps quarterbacks. We did. Yeah, we did lead the league in rushing. It, it did not help. It helps. Game. It would definitely make the pass playoffs. rush against Matt Ryan, like you said. Yes, we get a little run game going though. It will help the offensive line, I think, because you know they'll have a little red in their knuckles. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. White in their knuckles or red in their knuckles. We'll have just a little bit of that, so that D'Amico Autry, who was dancing yesterday after batting a ball, and Bud Dupree who was doing his thing like they have to think at least a little bit oh this guy might come and get me we ain't doing it and we got a guy we got three guys yeah mm-hmm. we got three guys back there we got ugh, let's move on another team that might have enough time to figure it out the buccaneers i know they have tom brady i know that they have won a super bowl in the past with the same crew without bruce arians being the head coach now they have todd Bowles in their head coach they look bad they lose to a carolina panthers team that get rid of a third of their salary cap, and their best player in Christian McCaffrey. And then Robbie Anderson gets out of there because he and the coach got into it a week before. They did hold on to Brian Burns, though, when they were offered two first-round draft picks. They did not trade T, uh, DJ Moore. So I think whenever that was announced on Sunday morning, there was potentially a little spark that went through the Carolina Panthers' locker room. Like, okay, we are trying to win some games here. We're not just trying to get rid of all of our good players. Maybe that would be something that they think, if we go on to do something special, we'll also be able to hang around and remain on this team and keep a job going forward but nonetheless no matter how much motivation that the Carolina Panthers were given when they heard that their stud defenseman was kept instead of two first rounders they should not have done what they did to that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team oh. that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team too <laughs> Dude, touchdown favorites, they fucking stink. Hey, that team stinks right now. Do they have enough time to figure it out? What do you think about what's going on in Tampa, AJ? And should we be saying... Tommy, we need you to retire. Should we, as a football community, say, Tom, seems like a lot's going on outside of here. This ain't worth it right now. Good run. Should we be saying that to Tom, and are we bad people for not saying that, AJ? Mm-hmm. No, I think we should absolutely let Tom figure it out on the field. I think he would want it that way. Hell when yeah. I watch their offense, it is it's as confusing as watching the Packers' offense at times. Like, okay, when are they going to figure this out? What's going on? I know Mike Evans drops the – for sure, okay. touchdown early. That's a that's a, not a great thing. And then refs are getting his autograph mm-hmm. after the game. So that's a whole other situation, which was very, very weird. They stop him after a loss, make him sign an autograph. And smiling while you're asking, right in the view of a lot of cameras, you're a ref, what are you doing? And it's, it's, you're right there outside their locker room. Like, what are you thinking? It's for my... Yeah. Is that serious, dude? Absolute marks. Know. What happened there? It's for my son. He's, you're his favorite player. Man. So it's the little one that borrows something from the taller one. Yeah. No. Is that just like a little index card or something? Yeah, that's like the, the one ref. Sterator brought yeah. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, no what sense. if the ref was like, I want to sign. Will you sign this game card here so that I can have a piece of history for the last time Tom Brady played <laughs> on a football field because you dropped that pass early in the game <laughs> yeah. and changed the entire tone of it? What if the ref was talking shit? Very nice of Mike Evans to do that, yeah, by yeah. seriously. What if Mike Evans is rude to that ref right there? What do you think happens? Same treatment probably Devontae got from last week. No, but, yeah, like reaction. I wonder yeah. what the reaction No, was. he – I mean, Evans easily came out like, hey, is this – is this our, is this legal? Are we supposed to be doing this? I'm sure he was thinking that. Yeah, I, I, that is very befuddling. Nonetheless, that Buccaneers team looked terrible on the field. Yeah. It was not Mike Evans' fault that that ref made something look terrible in the tunnel on the way to the locker room. But the Bucks, the Packs, the Colts, the teams that mm. you think maybe had it at the beginning of the season, not everybody thought about the Colts. I did because on roster, sure. on paper, it was supposed to be a good team. 
Is there enough time to turn around? Can Tom Brady turn around? It looks like they're fucking completely lost over there. By the way, you said the Colts throw, percentage-wise, second most in the NFL. Bucks are number one. They throw the ball a fuck ton, too, with Tom. And a lot of those balls are going in the dirt, and maybe not the best idea for your 45-year-old quarterback to be throwing most in the NFL, especially when that old line is struggling. Maybe some balance would help that team, too. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette, there's a couple, I think they had a couple, like, short yardages. You've they, got a two, getting, you got a 275 pounder yeah. behind you. Yeah. Like, just let him do, you know what I mean? Like, there's just decisions that are being made in some games. You're like, Packers did that yesterday on fourth and one. They threw it to the flat and said, AJ Dillon was in the game. I mean, what's he good yeah, for? Yeah, it was arguably the worst play call ever. Of all time? Of mm-hmm. all time. You didn't watch the Steelers game? Right? Yeah, the Dolphins, instead of kicking it. Well, you're talking about the Steelers' entire game plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the entire play. Just single play. Only reason you drafted the guy, literally. Do you think like Andy Reid? <laughs> do you think Andy Reid? And we'll give McVeigh. Do you think McVeigh and Andy Reid ruined everybody's expectations of what an offensive play caller is? Maybe yeah. they honestly they might have a little bit because we're used to like if you don't if you're a quarterback you're an offense you don't put up three touchdowns and three hundred yards like what do you, this guy's a scrub like that's just how it is now I feel like. But you're watching Andy Reid. McCole Hardman's got three touchdowns. Mm, spreading it around. Travis Kelsey man. had four last week. McKinnon was lined up in the same exact spot in which he took a third and 20 for 35 yards like a couple plays beforehand. They set up a fucking play for this where they pick up third. Then on, in the red zone against the Niners defense, who the last two weeks, I guess, have not looked great at all. All the stats and graphics they were showing during that game, it feels like the Niners have fell into the we suck at defense mm-hmm. tank. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's happening because D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a head coach yeah. just three weeks ago or whatever. But they draw up a play in the end zone where the guy's fucking wide open. It's like in the red zone area, nobody can get in anybody open then you watch the Chiefs and it's like all these motherfuckers are open now they were able to draft and pick up guys that are very fast and talented but everybody else could have everybody else could have done the same exact thing they were looking for a specific type of weapon to put on their offense and they've been able to just out scheme everybody every single fucking week it seems like you had the bills in there Mm -hmm. now Ken Dorsey takes over for Dayball Dayball's having Daniel Jones rush for 107 yards uh, just yesterday and he's wide open but some of these offensive coordinators you watch and then you look at the person that's doing it for your team and you're like why can't we fucking do what they're doing? Why can't we do, and there's always some excuse, and I know every system doesn't work all the time, but it's tough not to watch them get third and 11, get MVS wide open over the top, and be like, how come that never happens for our, how come they're always the lucky ones that have MAs and have blown coverages? Well, it's because the rest of the fucking plays that they're drawing up are either, you know, disguising things or distracting people or doing this to get people open. It's like, they're so much better than a lot of these offenses we're watching and cheering for it is absurd how many people are fucking wide open wide for open. these teams it makes no sense to me with the chiefs too like they looks do like it. college football yeah and they do it yeah. all they do it all game long it seems like what the packers do is like once they get past the 15 scripted plays at the start because that's what they've been doing yeah. all year long like they either you know the first drive they may punt but on the second possession they almost always are going right down the field and scoring and it's still within that like 15 scripted plays and then you get past that and it's like you you have to make adjustments on the fly and call the game on the fly, and everything falls apart. Whereas like the Chiefs, doesn't matter what quarter it is, doesn't matter how how many possessions they've had, 
Andy Reid is scheming something up and they're still just moving the ball. Like he is, he he's understanding what's happening in the game and he always has an answer for what the defense is throwing at him. Fifth most wins as a head coach in NFL history. Congrats to go, Andy. Andy Reid. Congrats, Andy. Never gets talked about. You know, Belichick's still coaching, so everybody always talks about Bill Belichick. He's going to get Papa George Hallis, yep. I believe, tonight with a win. Potentially, it's Bears, that's wow. Patriots. That's a good little tie-in. It's almost like the schedule makers did that on purpose. Huh. They could have never guessed, though. Eh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's a big night for records, but Andy <laughs> Reid, number five there, he's been coaching for a long time. Numerous franchises. Offenses are always good. And it's really difficult not to just pin what he does and then say, why can't you do that? And then you see what, like, McVay does. And, you know, why can't you fucking do that? Because Andy Reid used to be mocked for Andy Reid season. It was like the first 11 weeks of the season, Andy Reid would unload all of his plays. They would take the world by storm. We've seen the blowouts early in season. And then late in the season, everybody would know all of his shit because he unloaded it all, and defense would clamp him down, lock him down. That has all since changed with Patrick Mahomes. That has all since changed with a loaded plethora of fucking weapons everywhere. He can continue to draw up new plays every single week, it seems like he's doing. And that goes on all the way to the fucking Super Bowl if they make it that far and i'm like why can't other fucking offense coordinators do that if you find out you have a six foot seven guy who's really good at catching the ball and you didn't expect him to be that good could you not on a fucking monday just go all right boom we're gonna do this mm-hmm. two tight ends look at that that's fucking crazy hey, doesn't, pat doesn't lombardi say there's there's play designers and there's play callers yes. like there's different things and it seems like andy reed guys like mcveigh they're both they're great play designers. They can they can draw up anything to beat certain coverages or whatever. But then calling those plays in the right situations and recognizing where those would work in a game that's another that's a whole other art that you have to have with very you got to make very quick decisions and you're not just picking oh here's my chart third and six oh there's our play like they are actually setting things up. Have a patch of Mahomes with this one here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? They show that every single play. Uh-huh. Next one, next yeah. one. I show him. I see him doing this every single play. Bad play mm-hmm. a little faster. A yes. little more. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. Give me the ball back. Keep it going. You, you feel like whenever you're a kid and you mess something up, and you're like, give me that. Right, give, give, me me back. Back. Yes. give me it back. That's what he is whenever it's like a bad, give me the fucking. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, give me the fucking. <laughs> or what are we fucking running? Well, mm-hmm. all right. Thank you. And then need it again. We're doing it. And then Nagy's always right there next to him. Yeah. Pointing things out. And I'm always wondering if Patrick Mahomes you know, what his relationship is like with Nagy. Seems like they're besties. Yeah, it seems yeah. when they show them together on the bo- on the bench looking at plays together, it seems like they have a great relationship. Yeah, vibes. it's working. That offense is unbelievable. Yeah. And then Biennemi's cooking stuff up on side. So you got Andy Reid, Nagy, Biennemi, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. all on the offense side of the ball for the Chiefs. Yep. With more weapons than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Why don't we all do that? Yeah, sure. pretty well, simple. Right? I want to count. We got to figure it out, don't we? We got it all figured out. Got to figure it out. Here we go. Yep. You should tell tell the other coaches that. Tell all the other staff. Well, I tried to tell Frank a couple times via this show. You're allowed to draw up a play <laughs> that has the six foot seven guy on the fucking field. But I wonder how easy that would be to install. I guess that's something I do not know. If they were to make up a brand new play, that happens every week, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. What do you mean? That's what that's what a game plan is. Like, all right, guys. Hey, here's. It may just be a little wrinkler. You change how you run certain routes, but no, that happens every week in every single locker room. Like even if it's a, he just doesn't have the time for it. So we not see the fucking guy who's six seven who is always open and Matt throws the ball to him all the fucking time. Michael Pittman's uh, let's move on. Yeah, but again, Michael, can't always go back to the Colts. <laughs> Michael Pittman too. I mean, they mentioned it yesterday on the broadcast. He's 
accounts for 70% of their third down targets. So when it gets a third down and eight or, you know, longer, the defense knows, hey, they're probably going to throw it to Michael Pittman here. Which is perfect time yeah. to yeah. just bring in, to bring in someone else. That's or just hand the ball off. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Jonathan Taylor got the ball 10. That's why I think the Chiefs. Naeem Hines, can we not do a split backfield? Can we not get a little, you know. Oh, believe me. You can. Yeah. Double sidecar? No. Yeah. You can. You can do it. Can you? Well, you can do it. You do it like once, and then usually you get like a 25 yard gain or like a huge explosive play, and you just don't run it again for like three weeks. I That's... think Aaron said it last week like the best 11. How come we're not just trying to get the best 11 on the fucking field? I know the offensive line, you got to figure out chemistry issues. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. But if you have the, in theory, you could put the best 11 on the field. Naeem Hines, who's, it's a lot going back to the Colts here, okay? It is frustrating <laughs> to watch. It is. To. It's four hours after I've had a pretty long week. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Got on four TVs. Sunday's my first day off. Okay. Sunday's my first day <laughs> off. And I get to enjoy, you know, watching the NFL. Uh-huh. Is that good football? That's all I want to do. I just want to watch it. You know Only I mean? day off. If yeah. that's what you want to call it, I mean, you were still working. Yeah. I mean, get to. Get to do that as a job. But it is like the first day I get to just kind of relax and do something. It is fucking painful to watch. I can't be the only person that's thinking that who's a Colts fan. I would just be the loudest, I guess, because I have this microphone and platform that we're very grateful for. Thank Thank you. you, Thank you. Thank you for following along. But can you not just drop a play where Naeem Hines may be in the slot? Oh, shit. The guy runs a 4-1 is a running back. I know he's a running back. I know. But can we not just maybe get him on the fucking field in another position so that Jonathan Taylor can also be on the field? And then Mo Ali Cox, I know one tight end. It's crazy. Fucking get to six foot seven. Another one. Have him outside. Fucking who gives a fuck? Have Michael Pittman on the other side. Bears game. Like, why can't we? Just know you're not alone. There's about like 25 other fan bases feel the exact same way. Why can't we just fucking put the best players on the fucking field and drop some plays to make them get open like Andy Reid does with the Chiefs? Every fucking week. What is the deal? How come we can't do that, AJ? Uh, There's only one Andy Reid, it seems like, huh? Guys. Buffalo's been able to figure it out, though. Yeah. Buffalo. Buffalo sure. leaves. Ken Dorsey's got another guy. Even in the Ravens are mixing it up. Like yeah. They're using yeah. Yeah. guys. Goddamn yeah. tight ends throwing pitches. I can make Sweet. that pitch, Coach, he says. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Andrews, they said they've been working on that for weeks, weeks. Him taking the snap, fucking pitching that thing to Lamar, who's at running back, and then Lamar running it like a running back, picking up a big first down, which led to the entire internet going, Oh, bad for a running back because that was the whole thing that was said uh-huh. about Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. I think this was a beautiful thing because on National Tight End Day, we got to see a tight end under center taking command. Wow. Most important oh, yeah. player in the game. Tossing it outside to Lamar who gets loose with a stiff arm at the end. Beautiful touch on that pitch. Let's not get crazy. That is a tough pitch to make in real time. A little bit too high. Turn over the other way. A little bit too low. Kick into the sideline. Yeah. That is something that has to be on the money. Mark Andrews is a dog. Had no worries at all and made that pitch. I'm not saying it's the most difficult thing on earth to do. No, no. Mark Andrews made some catches that are probably more difficult than that pitch. But there are some people who get in that situation and that ball is gone. Yeah. That ball is. Or they don't get the snap. Or they don't have a clean QB center exchange, too. I mean, you're a tight end. We know there's a lot of quarterbacks that can't take a snap from under center. So this tight end can do it in a game in the biggest spot. We watched a kid kill kill the clock. Rodgers? Will Rodgers. Shotgun snap spike. It was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, Nick Saban said last week that. 
Tennessee got in an eye formation. His kids had no idea what to do. I saw that. You know, they had no idea what to do. This is football changing. This is the evolution of yeah. of the entire sport. What are you going to say, Connor? Well, I mean, in, for that, like the eye formation, it's crazy to think about what the high schools that they're playing probably do. Like, it feels as though that's kind of a common high school formation, and guys at Bama not anymore. Seen it? Yeah. Not What's anymore. It? It's not though. High schoolers are run. They're running gun, man. High schoolers are doing all the college stuff. Seven on seven, man. Mm-hmm. Seven they're on seven. the ball. Yeah. Got to throw the ball because quarterback needs his. Uh, Attempts and the wide receivers need their attempts as well. Exactly. I mean, it's a big time throw that thing out there. Ohio is still grinding pound though, right? You guys are still at times, I think. But yeah, I know they all like everybody still is throwing way more than they used to. It would be awesome if Ohio high school football was like, all right, we'll create the running backs, the linebackers. <laughs> we'll do a lot of run style. Florida's like, you got it. We're fucking yes, wide open. We'll get you guys the. We'll get the wide receivers in the slots mm-hmm. out here. Texas is like, goddamn. We're slinging the pill. We're doing the air raid a thousand times. We'll just create quarterbacks every single year if you need us. I mean, it is interesting that that is almost becoming yeah. what high school football. Yeah, Iowa's taking the linemen. Oh, yeah, Iowa is yep. fucking, you know, still, a lot of teams still running wing T and <laughs> you name it. All right, so if you're a college football coach, what do we need? We need a new O-line. All right, three planes to Iowa. Yep, mm-hmm. get out there now. Right, what do we need? We need a new linebacker. Yep, send to Ohio. Mm-hmm. We know that's their – what do we, we need? Weapons. Florida, go to Florida. Go to Florida. Florida. Quarterback's graduating in like a year. Yeah, we should probably get another one. All right, fuck it. Let's go down to those yuppie kids in Texas. Yeah. I guess. Cali. Head out to Cali. There's 20 of them. three Heismans, don't they? Yeah. Jeez Louise. What a time to be alive. Football is an amazing thing. Let's talk about how damn good the Seahawks are, AJ. Geno Smith is a fucking legend. He has completely transformed his career, his resume, his legacy in just seven games starting for the Seattle Seahawks this season. We know we have seen him in the past. Whenever Russell Wilson had mallet finger, Geno Smith won in. The offense was not built around Geno. He was trying to be Russ, having to be Russ. He performed, but nowhere near as good as he has been doing this season. Every single week he makes a throw in which we go, damn, Mm -hmm. Geno Smith's throwing the ball better than anybody else in the fucking NFL right now. Pete Carroll celebrating with the boys. They lose Russell. The national narrative, us, Stooges, we're saying, oh, this fucking team's in a rebuild. Pete Carroll's 71 years old. He might be 90 by the time Mm -hmm. that they fucking get good again. And they kept saying, nah, 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 nah. Mm -hmm. This is not. We have a lot of faith. They're in the lead in the NFC West. Your thoughts on the Seahawks, A.J. Hawk? Well, I mean, I think they are absolutely legit. And Gino, I, like, I'm sold on Gino being the guy, like, being legit. Like, he's a guy that can go win them football games. He's proven that already. And also, like, watching the game, when you watch these guys play, we know Pete is always up and down the sidelines having fun, his monarchs, chewing gum, going crazy. But, like, this would have to be – I would want to ask Pete, like, are you having more fun this year than you've had in a long time as a coach? It sure as hell feels like it when you watch – their whole sideline after every play almost. I don't know how good the days were at USC when they were winning. He had to be having a blast. Oh, yeah. Talking yeah. Will Ferrell. Snoop and all that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, those had to be great days uh-huh. at practice with everything that was going on at USC. But since he had got to the NFL, the Legion of Boom days, he was probably having a blast. Uh-huh. Super mm-hmm. Bowl appearances doing their thing. And then remember, they paid Russ and they had to rebuild the entire team. Yep. And it became Russ's team. I wonder if Pete Carroll in his office when it was in the Russell Ware was like, man, it used to be so much more fun. It used to be so much more fun. It used to be so much more fun. And then now it seems like he's got an entire team on his back, on his side. And I remember after that first week, you know, uh, Pete Carroll said, you know, I'm really happy for the guys that have been here because they know or whatever. Yes. And I'm like, what do they know, Pete? What do, what do they know? And I think what they know is. Russell Wilson, uh, 
I mean, uh, he's kind of a little fucker. Yeah, teammates think he's a fuckface. Yeah, I don't know if that's how that isn't how. Well, they feel. Don't he have a bunch of guys though. Aren't a lot of his former teammates and some Broncos teammates coming out like defending him though? I hope so. Is that happening? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any reports of it. I was asking. <laughs> yeah, no, I do not think it's happening. Well, he did, it did help. It. it helped this week when he was laughing and giggling midweek and saying he's got Wolverine right. blood and yeah. he was fast and then he <laughs> didn't play. The Wolverine blood take was interesting to not play later. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you don't. So Wolverine, a little bit of a bitch. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, Wolverine, a little bit of a oh. bitch-made cat. Hot seat. That's oh, what I just no. learned. I don't Big know enough top. about Wolverine, but Russell Wilson Apparently Russell me. doesn't either. No. Oh, oh, you're saying he was Wolverine yeah. is a dog? Yeah, Wolverine the dog is, is a the dog. Dogs. I don't know the Wolverine that well. Little feisty. Yeah, you well, don't no, want to run into the animal the is, but no, he was talking about the character. Oh, the character. I thought he was talking about the animal Wolverine. No, that yeah, was the be. animal was serious. Also a dog. Yeah, not the character though. You just said I don't know anything about the character. I haven't seen the character. I don't know. It's Hugh Jackman, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have not seen that program. And he he's heals too. Hugh Jackman. He can get shot in the head and heal like that. Oh, so that's his actual thing. Yes. Uh-huh. That's why. So that's who Russell was talking yes. about. Yeah, yeah. Cannot die. Pretty much. Wow, that's pretty sweet. It yeah. is. That's a pretty cool <laughs> little trait to have. Yeah. Fought in like every war. Let's fucking go, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah that's, so that's why it kind of pisses me off that, you know, Russ was portraying. The, yeah, fuck Russ. Because I, I don't know anything about Wolverine. <laughs> right, yeah. oh. exactly. Taking what Russ said about Wolverine, then seeing him miss it, I'm like, oh, Wolverine must be a little baby back mm-hmm. bitch. No. Yeah. Just as disrespectful as calling Matt Ryan a Navy SEAL. Well, Ursay came out this weekend as well and said, uh, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some breaking news about the person that you just talked about. And you just talked about the Indianapolis Colts have officially what benched Matt Ryan and will start Sam Elliott. Week eight per head coach Frank Reich. I don't know why Connor celebrated that hard. I think it's because the world needs. Sam Ellinger. Yeah, Anytime we've seen Sam Ellinger with the Colts, it has been in a beloved fashion. I got to see him walk off the field with the new suite that we paid six figures for to watch this Indianapolis Colts team every single home game. His ass, hips, and thighs are bigger than a goddamn horse. He walked like he had just got off a horse. He has this aura about him that makes you think this guy could be a leader. This guy could be a guy. This guy could maybe move as opposed to the quarterback that's been getting brutalized every single time. He takes a single snap so matt ryan i'd like to let you know if you come back and play later in the season we will appreciate your services but at the time being we're back uh-huh. <laughs> sam ellinger's the guy aj this is a little bit of energy that we fucking Woo! needed job is excited wow. i'm excited the boys are yeah. excited yeah. no offense to matt ryan we'll pay you 40 some million dollars i guess to help sam ellinger become a guy That's for this right. team yeah. i hope this will change up some of the play calls as well i hope there's a chance we get jelani woods on the field a little bit more i hope we get the rock to jonathan taylor because we got a guy who's not being paid a bunch of money he doesn't have to be a superstar this is like when cooper cush came in for dak prescott when dak prescott was in kellen moore won to air it out. Excuse me, I want to throw the ball, I want to throw the ball, I want to throw the ball. Dak Prescott's breaking every fucking record they have down there. They're not winning games. Cooper Cush comes in, Kellen Moore's like, oh, we're going to have to run a little bit. Oh, we got Ezekiel Elliott here. We got Tony Ballard here. Then they had a much more balanced offense, which is going to help them going forward with Dak, who's a better quarterback than Cooper Rush. Now, with Sam Ellinger, will fucking Frank do the same thing? Will you say we got Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, this 35 guy who's also a fucking guy, will he run the ball so that the offensive line can fire? out the, off their brakes and get the defense on their heels a little bit? We shall see. That is big news, though, that Matt Ryan's getting uh, benched, and now Sam Ellinger will make his first meaningful minutes and start 
for the Indianapolis Colts against Taylor Heineke Let's go. and the Washington Commanders. Awesome news. Oh, especially because of this, because, you know, Carson, Commander's not playing, Matt Ryan's not playing. Um, this, there's a tweet from uh, Mike Chappell that says, Matt Ryan's not even going to be the number two. Nick. Excuse me. Right. That can't be right, right? There's also reports out that Matt Ryan is hurt, I guess. Oh, of course he is. Matt Ryan uh, has a grade two shoulder sprain and will not practice this week. Nick Foles will be QB2 Sunday. So we it's take different back. than benched. So, yeah, he's so, out this week is what they're saying. Yeah, so. Ari. Ari. Miroff. Ari. 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 But the Chapel Can tweet. we put Ari Miroff's tweet back up, please, so everybody? Just, did we read it wrong? No, that's no. what the tweet said. He said benched. The Chapel tweet says bench as well. The Colts are benching Matt Ryan and will start Sam Ellinger versus the Commodores in week eight. Per head coach, Frank Wright says Ari Miroff. And, and he prefaced it with it? stunner. Yeah, well, is Frank Reich saying he's benched, or did Frank Reich say he's hurt? He's not the only one using benched. Who else used benched? Mike Chappell used benched in his tweet as well. Chapp's got a Hall of Fame vote for Indianapolis. So He's been covering the team since they came from Baltimore. Yeah, but if he's out all week of practice, he's not practicing, then he's hurt. And he's got a shoulder to show his This franchise sucks, because how do we not know the difference between these two? What a fucking joke. Well, to be clear, we're probably the only people on earth that are live on air as it's happening. Celebrate yeah. a benching and then find out the guy's hurt and feel like a massive asshole. Yeah, massive that's asshole. That's on Ari. Yeah, well, why is he being reported as a bench if he's fucking hurt? Yeah, but I'm saying when people get our when people get our the clip, yeah, nobody's gonna know that our we are gonna be slaughtered. Damage is done. Yes. Yeah. We are going to be slaughtered for well, what just Maybe happened. he's. Do you think he wanted to play through it? And they're like, no, you need to get healthy. And you just, let's shut you down for a little bit. Matt Ryan gave his body and soul to this Colts team in these first seven games. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of when Terry Collins came and played for the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> after Peyton Manning was ruled out for a year in the middle of training camp. I watched Kerry Collins get picked up, Spun like a carnival game mm -hmm. and dropped on his head. Mm -hmm. It was wild to watch live. Kerry Collins dealt with that for the next seven, eight, nine weeks, I think. Well, right. Concussion issues. But he got battered. Matt Ryan has been getting his ass beat. There was three different hits just yesterday, let alone every other week. Three different hits just yesterday. I'm like, oh, that's got to be it for Matt Ryan. <laughs> like, that's got to be And then he gets his tough ass up. Mm -hmm. This is just like, I appreciate his toughness. I appreciate what he's been battling through. I assume his mm -hmm. old body hurts, especially with how lean of a guy he is. And old. And old. But he's taking shots that are big. And I think it's because we're throwing the ball 67% of the time. Yeah. Everybody knows that number two in the league. So he had a shoulder sprain, and they said, okay, well. Now we can bench you. Oh, or now we'll only throw the ball 44 times. Is that a 65 yesterday? No, I think what will happen is, just like what happened with Cooper Cush, when I was in the middle of my emotional run there mm -hmm. about a change of quarterback, for the team that I am a fan of going into week eight here. Yeah. I did point out they will definitely change the offense for Sam Ellinger because they won't feel obligated for somebody to perform up to their $40 million contract. Like Dak Prescott, how much he's getting paid, is definitely affecting how the plays are being called. This guy has to live up to everything he's being paid. This guy has to be one of the best guys in the league. We're going to call a bunch, a bunch, a bunch. When Cooper Cush comes in, it's like, oh, Nobody knows Cooper Cush. Yeah, no. Nobody knows if this guy's going to be a guy or not. We can run the ball. We can be much more balanced. We can lead on other things as opposed to feeling obligated to lean on the multi-bazillion-dollar yeah. quarterback. 
I think the same thing happens here with Frank Reich, the Indianapolis Colts. A reset button maybe you just got pressed on the entire offense. Wait till you see the plays that they draw up. Jelani Woods will be on the field at the same time as Mo Ali Cox. Mm. Naeem Hines will be on the field at the same time as Jonathan Taylor. We'll see Michael Pittman. We'll see the best out of Paris Campbell. And that's because Sam Ellinger, in relief of Matt Ryan or – in place of Matt Ryan. In place of. There's, rest more, of the season. there's more tweets coming out that um, this was happening, whether or not the injury was. Frank Reich says he and Chris Ballard had a long conversation with Jim Ursay last night. Stop short of saying it was Ursay's decision. But Ursay has been increasingly involved behind the scenes of late, says Stephen Holder of The Athletic, formerly of the Indy Star, formerly in Miami. This place is insane. Charlie Clifford of Wish TV. Local news here. Channel 8. Frank Reich. The move right now is for Sam to be the starter the rest of the season. Wow. Jesus! Confirms this move was made regardless of Matt Ryan's shoulder Okay. Spread. So it was both. It was C. Yes. Yeah. All of the above. Uh-huh. How about Jim Irsay? His vape. We're doing this again? <laughs> this is what we're doing? Mm-hmm. I just paid Quentin Nelson how much money. Ryan Kelly how much money. Not Jonathan Taylor, brother. I've been watching him in Lucas Oil since he was in college. We don't give him the ball. He's not playing for my team ever. (laughs) Is that what Jim Irsay did, AJ? Is that what it sounds like he did? What's the deal? I wonder how how many weeks has Jim Irsay been doing this? Like It it couldn't just come out of the blue where he thought to to put him down. How about Sam Ellinger will be the starter for the rest of the season? Jim's like, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. That ship has sailed. That's what he said about that Jacksonville game. Everybody at halftime was telling him uh, last game of the year last year. Everybody at halftime was like, Colt's still in it. We got a big second half. He goes, the ship has sailed. (laughs) Warm up the plane. (laughs) Is that what Jim just said about Matt Ryan? Fucking no. No way does that guy play for us ever again. The contract is huge. Uh-huh. Yeah. The contract is huge. He's not going anywhere. This year and next year. Oof. So who knows how this Jeez. will all get handled. I would like to let Matt Ryan know if his time as the Indianapolis Colts quarterback has come to an end already. Thank you for your service. We didn't. You won some games. You lost some games. Yeah. You tied a game. Yep. Impressive. You got fucking beat up, dude. And if you regret playing again or coming to the Colts, I'd completely understand. He was taking shots. I mean, we're talking like bad. Yeah. He's old. Killed. Dude. Older. You're right. He, you're right. The dude is lean. He is very lean, too. He's taking big shots. I mean, that was what Nick said as soon as he came into our office. He came yeah. with some cold beer. Good what? guy. Good guy. Good guy. Matt Ryan. Steve Austin's done the yes. Great guy. Yeah, you're damn Steve right. Hell of a leader. Broken skull. Broken skull was. Oh, yeah. He came in with him. As soon as he leaves, Nick just goes, that guy's frail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we looked at his, his health history. He didn't really miss many games. No. And I think what, why is because he's a fucking tough bat. I think he's a super tough guy. Didn't really do great of, with our offense. One of the most boring things of all time. What if Jim talking to Sam Ellinger? Hey, listen. If you need to scramble and annexation of Puerto Rico, I can't watch how boring our fucking team is yeah, anymore. Yeah, make it fun. We just got to do something to make this a little bit better. Is Sam Ellinger going to be an NFL quarterback? I sure hope so. I mean, this don't you think this is something that Frank Wright can look at? Hey, this may save my gig, save my job, all my, well, all my assistants. Or, no, or no. Let's look at the, the common denominator. Yeah. Look at the common denominator in all these quarterbacks. Not if they make a run. Yeah, what? That, that, that ship is sailed. 
I mean, look, if Jim Mercer says anything to Sam Ellinger, it's probably like, hey, Frank Reich tells you anything, tell him to shut the fuck up because this is your team now. I do not care what he says. He's gone too. He just doesn't know it yet. You know, wow. I'm, seriously. I mean, this is back-to-back years now. This is two years that the Colts have wasted more than $30 million on their quarterbacks, and they don't probably not go to the playoffs. Uh, on that note, here's how much money Jim Mercer will be paying Matt Ryan, the Colts fully guaranteed all of Matt Ryan's $24.7 million salary for this season, $12 million of the 2023 salary upon his arrival. Another $14.7 million is fully guaranteed March 17th. Well, so what's his dead be, cap? He ain't, ain't going to yeah, be on the field March cap. 17th. They're cutting him immediately after the season because no dead one's going to trade big, for him because they're not as dumb as the Colts were in trading for him. <laughs> hey. It, it'd be one thing if it didn't time, just it happen. Right. And everybody's saying he should have kept Carson. Please. No, but after the Carson experience, you probably don't want to trade for a quarterback who's very expensive. He can miss on two in a row, okay? That's right. Everybody's just assuming, like, I was getting attacked by a lot of people. They were like, well, as Taylor is beating the Packers, okay, I'm getting tweets about how bad Matt Ryan is and what I said about Carson from Commanders fans. (laughs) I'm so confused. I am so confused by it all. Kind of put me in a blender. Kind of put me in a little Mm bit. I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. Carson wasn't the right quarterback for us. We hope he's the right quarterback for you. Even though Taylor Haneke feels like he is the right quarterback for you guys in your situation and the whole team. I think Terry told him last night after a touchdown, I think he actually, there was a... Oh, yeah. There was a moment there, and I would assume a lot of his teammates, because I think Taylor's well-liked, I think. I'm yeah. not 100% sure, but I think he's well-liked. There's videos of his teammates putting him over all the time, so I'd assume he's well-liked. Feels like he's the right guy for that team. Very cheap, too. Yeah. Not the Carson best. wasn't the right one for us, even though I think he's a great quarterback. Matt Ryan, apparently not the right one for us. After week seven, Jim Mer- <laughs> Brother, fucking brother, can't do it. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Get the fuck out of my office. Carly Ursay, headphones, headset on the sideline. Carly Ursay, headset on the sideline, right? With a wristband. I don't know if she's with the offense or defense. Saw her in the back of a shot yesterday. My wife saw her. She had a Louie. Like a sick. Nice. She looks so cool. Swag on the sideline? On the sideline, yeah, with the headset, with the thing. She looks so cool in the back. My wife was like, Carly looks awesome. And I like saw it late, so I didn't get to fully grasp it and take it in. She, is she listening on the headphones, right? Mm-hmm. She definitely Ask is. Me. She has a notebook and she has a call sheet. Do you think she is talking in this meeting about benching Matt Ryan from the information that she has learned in there? And is that why she was mic'd up or headset it up to begin with? What else is being learned through those conversations? What else notes is she writing down? I'm intrigued by it all. I think the owner can do whatever the fuck the owner wants to do. Oh, yeah. And if the owner wants to learn what the day-to-day is and what the game-like experience is with the headset on, you do whatever the fuck makes you feel good, whatever makes the team the best. But I wonder what was used in those notes potentially about Matt Ryan. Frank, literally, you said, my daughter told me, this guy stinks. That was <laughs> yeah. that was in the third quarter. My my daughter heard you say it. She was on the headset. Frank, she's on the headset. You know, you gave her the headset. She's got the whole wristband. You said this guy can't complete a single pass. This guy will throw the ball the other team. These are all things you said yesterday, brother. That's what my daughter just told me. I think the same thing. Get him the fuck out of there. And then Frank said, I don't want to do it. He's like, Cool. You were him. Sweet. Frank comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Had a long discussion yeah. with Jim last night. <laughs> yeah. Had a long discussion. That could be. How it all went down. It's that's a big fucking Maldo. decision. 
it's a huge decision and a big, huge opportunity for Sam Ellinger too. But yeah, also, man. like, let's say Sam Ellinger struggles. They gonna go try to get Russell in the offseason, You think try to bring another big name in? Enough. Take another big contract Draft on. Enough. No, Russ has too good of a resume. They'll bring in someone like Flacco. No, Jared Goff would be million. absolutely would be perfect. perfect. Yep. Maybe Mac Jones. All right, let's get to a break. Yeah, Mac Jones for Jonathan Taylor and Quentin Nelson. No, Zappy's done. Back's playing tonight. Sure, Zappy for the entire organization. Let's let's get to a break. You want Frank? Give Frank. Right. I, I actually do want Frank just so that we can fire him. Because Indianapolis won. <laughs> that is why I would want Frank Reich. Hiring if, somebody to fire. Just to fire. If the Commanders beat the Colts Respect. in Indianapolis next week, Carly Ursay is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts this time next week. I don't think that Jim will do that. He should. Jim's, uh, oh, this is a big decision. There she is. She's awesome. Yeah. She's got, like, call sheets and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. I'd like to have that role. I'd like to sit there and listen. I would like to know what her notes are. What's she taking down? Is she taking down play calls or reactions in between the plays, during the plays? Like, that's all. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's all very interesting. Yo, Maybe Quentin Nelson just marks. rolled his eyes. What's that? Maybe it's a bunch of tally marks that Frank is uh, like a doofus. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Could decision. be. There's one. There's one. <laughs> Throwing it again. What if Jim also has access to her? At a tally. At her headset. Yeah. <laughs> what is he saying right now? <laughs> Carly flips it down. <laughs> He's saying he's going, bro, we're throwing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the case. What an interesting little scenario here in Indianapolis. Good job. Uh-huh. Benching Matt Ryan after week seven for it, Sam Ellinger. Backup quarterback Nick Foles. To Zito's point and Connor's earlier that led into this whole thing. Matt Ryan was described as an astronaut and a Navy SEAL that's as a right. leader. That's right. For some reason, that just didn't get into Mm-hmm. Space and or the war zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to mention. Not to compare football to military or to being an astronaut. Mm-hmm. But that was said about his leadership. After week 70, he's now been benched. Yeah. Not to mention, Jim Mercer has promised us at least two Super Bowls by 2030. All right. That. Let's get to it. He knows that. That's why he's. He does. Yeah. That's why he's got his daughter on a headset. That's three, right. Three, three, sure. and one. Now, finally, we have the guy that can do it. Uh-huh. Sam yep. Ellinger. Yeah. Because when you think about the Chiefs, <laughs> Bills, and Eagles, you think. Sam Ellinger is going to be the guy to get the Colts over the hump. Oh, you need to relax. Hey, I'm, I'm don't lose to the Bears tonight. Don't better. lose to the Bears. Don't don't worry. You hear me? Don't worry. You know what I'm going through today. You better not fucking oh, lose to the Bears. I don't know what you're going through because we've never had a big dumb dipshit as a head coach. Oh, oh my God. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. You lose to the Bears? Yeah. Guess what we're going to be saying about Bill Belichick? What's that? This guy was once a good head coach. Now yeah. what is he? Oh, he's just a miserable, big, dumb dipshit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Turns out Matt Patricia's a better offensive coordinator than every single team in this room. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. So real. Yeah, you might be right. Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? Oh, the defensive guy. Oh, that's going to work out. Yeah, no team's fucking better. Yeah. I refuse to give Matt Patricia any credit for anything that they're Bailey's saying. happy, fucking balling. You have to. I mean, the last two weeks, yes. 30, 35 points. Well, wait, I thought we said all year it doesn't matter who the offense coordinator, Bill's running the show. So is it Bill or is it fucking Patricia? Bill's not who calling the it? plays, though. Interesting. No, but he probably is very involved with the gameplay. We can't have it both ways. <laughs> I'm impressed by everything the Patriots do. Yeah. Don't lose to the Bears, though. Yeah, you Thirty-eight to three. Because what we're going through right oh, now, yeah. that's on a Tuesday. Yeah, I want it to be loud because it's the only game, too. 38 to three. And the three is very generous. <laughs> Insider, who normally we have to give inside information to, mm-hmm. the host of the weekly wrap-up of Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet, NFL Network Insider, Ian Rappaport. Hey, hey. What's up, guys? Ian, how you doing, pal? 
I got to leave my house, which is, you know, really cool. And it's a stadium. They play football here. Uh, I'll be watching the game. It's actually really cold, much colder than my basement, but I'm yes. doing good. Well, you look fantastic. It looks like you've been doing TV, huh? They got you all dolled up. Are you going live from the field? Yep, live from the field. Um, also, up to something. Whoa. Up rad. to something. Ah, yep. oh. but also, also tailgate for uh-huh. right. takeover. More of that. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not at liberty to discuss, but yeah, definitely okay. up to something. Uh, you're amazing. I know you don't have a lot of time, so let's dive into this. Uh, in news out of Indianapolis, Frank Reich has announced Matt Ryan being benched, Sam Ellinger being put in. Then we also learned Matt Ryan had a grade two shoulder sprain. Then we learned that regardless of his injury, Jim Irsay appeared to have wanted to make a move. Did you expect this? How long has this been brewing? And did we just get all the information right right there? No. So a a couple things. The biggest question going into this whole thing was how much does Matt Ryan have left? I talked to Frank Reich about this in training camp. I was like, basically walk me through the process. He said, we watched 50 throws. We looked at everything from last year, all sorts of throws. And we sort of determined this is a guy who can still do it. And in training camp, you know, I'm there. I watched him talking to people. And it seemed like he looked fine. But... Fast forward six weeks or so, and I mean, obviously, you guys are watching the games. You know, it just does not look like he can make all the throws. And the ones he does make, it looks make it looks like a struggle. A couple things stand out to me here. One is, this is a really bold move to make, regardless oh. of money. Because a lot of his money is guaranteed next year, $12 million. They make it anyway. You wonder how much Frank Reich feels like this is a year he has to win in order to make this move now. You know what I mean? Oh, so you're saying this is potentially Frank Reich making this decision as opposed to Jim Irsay? Because every tweet that we read, we didn't hear the announcement from Frank. We should have been paying attention. We are live. We apologize. But every tweet made it sound like after a conversation with Jim Irsay yesterday, and Jim goes, this might be more information, might have breaking news. But did Jim make this move or Frank, you think? No, this sounds to me like a football move. I mean, I talked to Jim Irsay four days ago at the owner's meeting, and he could not have been more complimentary of Matt Ryan, the job he's done the leadership he's shown, um, you know, his best plays in the fourth quarter. It seemed to me Ursay was really in on Matt Ryan. Um, okay. So this seems for the <laughs> coaching staff rather than Ursay saying you need to make a move now. And honestly, guys, from a football decision, from a football standpoint, this makes sense. Yeah. For sure. Ian, are you surprised that they said the plan is for Ellinger to start the rest of the season already? Yeah. No, because once you make the move, you can't go back. Because then you get in a never-ending cycle of, like, who's our quarterback? Who are we starting? Like, if you're going to make the move, make the move. And I have no earthly idea what Sam Ellinger is. But there's a lot of really smart people that have been intrigued by him for a couple years. Really athletic. More of a newfangled RPO-type quarterback. Can throw it. um, Is different. Yeah, I would say he's definitely in the moxie category. He's... He's got some of the mo- most moxie uh, of all the other people who have moxie. Moxie is one of the biggest traits you can have, in my personal opinion. The Colts will move forward with Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles at backup uh, from Ian Rappaport's mouth saying Frank Reich made this move. With the initial reports made it sound as if Jim Irsay made this move. Exciting times to be a Colts fan. Still got Super Bowl a lot ahead of us. Yeah. Speaking of making a decision and then going back and then making a decision and then going back, Bakhtiari, he plays... Then he doesn't play, then he's on a pitch count, then he plays, then he's questionable last minute, then he doesn't play, and then who knows what's up next week. He's not out for the entire season. What's going on there, and is he okay, and is he worried that he's going to tear something worse? Is that why he's not playing? So My understanding is the knee 
just sometimes doesn't feel right. And it was basically like he's got good days and bad days. Some days it feels fine. Some days it doesn't. And he woke up Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And basically reported like it doesn't feel right. And nothing, so, I've, of course, I'm like, you know, what happened? Did he tweak his knee? He really didn't. It just didn't feel right. And I think what happens, guys, when you have surgery, and he's had a couple on that knee, two, one major surgery, one sort of more cleanup, it, you know, is it ever going to feel the same? Like, it might not. And so I think for Bakhtiari, going out there, and he's such, I mean, so good, such an elite athlete, knowing his body doesn't feel like it did for so many years, I would imagine it's extremely challenging. Uh, and it, you know, it sucks, but it also hurts them a lot. I mean, they their yeah. offensive line is not recovered. Yeah, it sucks. It's reality, though. This might be the new normal, I think we would all say to Bach, like, hey. Maybe, may yeah. yeah. This might be your new normal, dude. It's not fun. It's not cool. But you're still fucking better than everybody mm-hmm. if this is your new normal. Excited to hear that. Connor has a question for you, Ian. Since you're on those hallowed grounds, I'm sure he's all jacked up over there. Yeah, Rob, she looking yeah. good. Mac Jones back in the saddle tonight. And also, is there anything special planned for Bill Belichick ceremony-wise if they do, in fact, get his 325th win? <laughs> what I look forward to is some sort of great ceremony and Belichick being like, yeah, you know great I'm really proud okay. no he actually does love history so if there's one thing that he would care about like i don't want it to be like when that you know rookie handed him the ball after blocking a punt and he was kind of like that rookie we block a lot of punts what, what am i doing with this thing like you know um so yes mac jones back in the saddle he got all of the first team reps on saturday that of all the things that there we, we say him getting all of the reps indicates that he is going to play and going to start sounds like he's pretty good you know is he like a thousand percent i don't know three weeks after high ankle is fast but he wants to play he's ready to play and i've been kind of like a little surprised at the lack of qb controversy like it seems like once he's healthy it's max job and that's it and that's the way it transpired and so that's why i would expect to see him tonight long leash we think right like it's it's his team uh i mean i i could we'll see what happens because like, I could say whatever I want, but if he goes out and throws three picks, you know what everyone's going to be saying, yeah. right? I mean, it's and that's that's the problem is, like, last year he had a great year, and this year seemed to force it a little bit, and Bailey Zappi came in and literally just did exactly what the coaches said and nothing more and was really successful. You hope to see the same from Mac, and I would hope, and I like Mac a lot, you know, you would hope that the three weeks watching, like, served him really well. This you know, is, like, yeah, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush. Yeah, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush. Hopefully, you know, if we need it, Matt, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger. You know, right. hopefully. Last question for hopefully. you. Well, Sam Ellinger, you know, go forever. Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hey, come on, Sam. This is your on. team. Hey, for shoot. For Sam. Forever. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Four. Hey, welcome to Indianapolis for the next 20 years, Sam Ellinger. Uh-huh. Hey, Get welcome coffee. to the team, pal. We appreciate you, man. Get Come it on. done. This community's going to love you. Yeah. Let's go, Sam. Yeah. Come on. What do you say, Sam? Hey, Sam. Come on, we already love you. Hey, Sam. We do love you. Hook him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because you like a colt chew, Texas. Hell yeah. Has horses. Hell yeah. Steers as well. Boom. And I want to let you know, the Texas men's basketball team, Going to win a national title this year, too. So if Sam Ellinger becomes the goddamn quarterback for the Colts and then Texas goes on to win the men's national championship oh, in basketball, team that I'm a coach of, I mean, what a time to be alive. Fucking hook them. Hook I've been em. talking about the Lone Star State this whole time. Mm-hmm. Let's go, Texas. Diggs has a question Texas, for you. Good basketball team? Oh, rap sheet. Stay in your lane, Do pal. Do some research, Jesus. bro. Jesus. 
And no, they kind of kept that a little quiet. Okay. Why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Diggs had a question for you. Uh, that, what you just said about the Texas team, they got Coach Beard. He's drinking beers Quiet. again. He dropped beers from his life last year. They go to the tournament. They don't win it all. This year, he's drinking beers. There's they got right. transfers from Iowa State and Kansas State, I believe. Why? They got dogs all over the place. They're going to win a national title. Kevin Durant's building a new Why? fucking facility. Yeah. It, listen, I just didn't realize it was a basketball show. That's that's awesome. I'm I Texas is great. My favorite player ever at Texas was, I don't know. Kevin Durant? You ever heard of Come him? Come on. Oh, you don't Am know I, who Kevin Durant is. Yeah. Of course you don't. Uh, Why would you? Classic. Come on. Yeah. DJ hey, Augustine. Yeah, Brandon Mouton. Boom. Yep. Yeah. I've heard of those guys. Andrew oh. Jones. Yeah. Diggs has a question for you, even though I don't like the fact that you're still around with everything I you said agree. about Texas men's basketball. That's fair. Ian, right. Browns are 2-5. and five, Broncos are 2-5. and five. Things aren't looking good for them, especially in their division. There's been trade rumors for, like, Judy and Kareem Hunt. Um, do you see those? And they don't have fir- – neither of those teams have first-round picks. Um, yeah. Do you see uh, teams like that doing anything? Have you heard anything? What are we doing? Yeah, I, I could see both those teams entertaining offers and maybe being – the Broncos are interesting, obviously, because they were big-time buyers this offseason. They're 2-5. and five. We'll see if comes back this week. But they got talented guys. Bradley Chubb is really attractive. I know some teams have called Damn. about Judy. Maybe not as much interest there, um, but some interest. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt on an expiring contract and – you know, backup running back for a two and five team. Like, I, you know, if you're wondering like where the trades could come from, it's usually from teams that aren't good with really good players. Kareem Hunt could help someone. He really could. So yeah, I could see that happening. How about um, is there going to be any big moves? You think? You just said that could happen. Is there going to be? Is this going to be a boom, 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 exciting trade deadline because of the state of the society that we're in, where everybody's making moves, everybody's doing more shit than they used to? Are we going to have an exciting trade deadline in the NFL, or is this going to be one big blue ball sesh? I mean, we got Christian McCaffrey traded. That was pretty good. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think huge. I think, but I'm just talking like gonna, normally. There's yeah. hype and then more nothing. of that. Last year, there's hype and then nothing. Every year, it's like oh, we talk about the trade deadline and then like. Two guys get traded in, like, a backup corner. No, I think we could see some action this year. I think we'll see some recognizable names. Uh, Mostly because, you know, there's a couple teams that have good players that have bad records. And, you know, a couple teams that you don't expect, like the Jets. Like, might the Jets need a running back today? Like, they might. So there's some interesting things to look at. Okay, well, we appreciate you. You're an interesting thing to look at because of how talented you are. What you said about Texas men's hoops, though. Yeah, slow down. And the women, too. They're probably going to win that as well. I mean, mm-hmm. let's not. <laughs> yeah, that, I actually, I knew that one. Ladies and gentlemen, you're a Thanks, man. Yeah, right, <laughs> Go to our next overreaction from uh, Michael Zentner, Zentner 25 Hashtag PMS, I don't overreact. But Matt LaFleur is the most overrated coach in the NFL. The back-to-back MVP has covered it up. He can't scheme up a good offense, can't hire the right coaches, and gets outcoached consistently. Season's over. Ty Schmidt, you picked all these overreaction tweets to run. Why why, did you pick this one? Well, there were a lot that were just very similar to like this. And, you know, I just said he kind of rounded all the bases here and kind of summed it up. So I was like, you know what? You're right, Michael Zentner. I'll let you know what I, I'm not saying. I necessarily agree wholeheartedly with his opinion. I'm not saying I don't, but I think this was a pretty good, needed to be discussed. It did. It is a pretty good encapsulation of the Packers season thus far. AJ, how do you feel about what Michael Zentner just said there about the Packers, and more specifically, uh, Coach Lafleur, who 
His record is the best in the history of the NFL, I think, to start uh, as a head coach in the NFL's history. I think he has yeah, the best, best winning percentage in the history of the NFL. So, you know, we're talking about Belichick passing Hallis tonight he, to get a, a record in NFL's history books. LaFleur already owns one. That's right. It's the best start in the history of the NFL at head coach. How do you feel about these comments being made by Zentner and also Ty picking this tweet mm-hmm. to be read on Overreaction Monday? Well, I think I, I would not say the season is over. For the Green Bay Packers Me right now, but maybe maybe Matt Lafleur can look at this and their struggles and be like, "Hey, now maybe you can get off my back." People that tell me I was born on third when I took over this head Ooh. coaching gig with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Maybe it's not that easy, huh? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people probably looking on as Lafleur faces a little bit of adversity. Team appears to stink. Uh, they still have three wins. They still have everything the in run. front of them. Got to stop the run defensively. I was gonna say. So Matt Lafleur gets a lot of heat. Joe Barry fucking sucks. He does, just period. He's not a good defensive coordinator. He's never been a good defensive coordinator in the history of his career. But he's Rod Marinelli's son-in-law, so he'll always have a fucking job. It, but it's like, I think they have nine first-round picks starting on defense. Jeez. Like, and they do. It's, it, they know people are going to run. People continually run it down their throat. On the, like the, the play last night with Heineke, it, it's third and seven. You got a guy playing like, 15 yards off the ball it's like what the fuck are we doing it's just i don't know it they don't make any adjustments it's the same shit week after week after week after week it's like groundhog's day so the floor gets a lot of shit because they're supposed to be explosive and they have rogers but like their defense for what it was supposed to be coming into this year and supposed to be the strength of the team it's been very bad well, if we could bring up zentner's tweet again i think he covered that in there with the hiring yeah, the right coach right yeah i think the hiring the right coaches is that his move is that guntakus who do you think's putting together the staff aj the head coach is usually the guy putting the staff together isn't he i don't know i don't i don't know I think from what i have known like when coaches get hired they get to bring their own staff in usually. I'm sure they, they obviously talk with the GM and owners that they have one on what they're doing, but usually the head coach is the one interviewing the coaches. They're the one who a lot of times have previous relationships with a lot of these coaches, yeah, they and they bring to, them on. They work together in Los Angeles. Yeah, I do. I wonder, though, if you miss a couple of times, if – that's a big part. That's one of the biggest things about a, being a head coach. Like You have to hire good coaches. You have people. to hire great coordinators. Like That's what makes your team run. Well, yeah. look at last year, Literally. too. Like Hired Mo Drayton to be the special teams coordinator. And Never. Yeah, they had one of the, one of the worst special teams units in the history of the NFL. Basically cost them the season in the end with the block punt against San Francisco in the playoff game. Like So... Stuff like that kind of, you know, it, it does make you think. Basaccia was in on a couple conversations with uh, LaFleur yesterday. Now, Rogers muffs that punt or whatever. Yeah. There was a repunt situation with um, Tress Way that I think LaFleur was just going to take it at the end of the punt, but Tress just fucking murdered one. They had a 55-yard net, basically, yeah. backed up. Then Basaccia and LaFleur made, and they're like, have him re-kick. Yeah, we... It, We'll see if he can hit that ball again. And then also, we'll see if they want to cover 60 yards again like they did. They ended up picking up like 17, 18 yards there. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a good play. Thought you saw Basachi's kind of veteran leadership in that whole thing. But once again, the muff punt kind of does away with all And of how much of that is on the special teams coach? Like, that's the guy back there, right? I mean, granted, like, sending him back out there when he hasn't been very good since he's been a Packer, but it's like... At a certain point, like, yeah, coaching's part of it, but, like, the fucking guy out on the field has to be the one who has some accountability and is making the play. And I think that's why you always hear AJ, like, I think you say, like, guys got to make plays, too, like, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about muff punts, like, you can't exactly put that on the, the coach. Like, he's, he's back there. He's, he's caught enough. He's done it. 
you can put the scheme on it and you can question the return. Oh, they're running wall return, whatever they're doing. But dudes muffing muffing punts and dropping balls. I have a hard time putting that on coaches. I enjoy hearing how coaches blame themselves for that type of stuff, though. You know, like, oh, that's on me. Good coach. Well, publicly. A, yeah, publicly, certainly. Yeah, definitely not privately. Definitely not. You think they're tempted to their wife? Well, I should not put him back there, huh? <laughs> Of course, I showed a fucking hindsight. The guy drops a ball, tries to catch it at his goddamn ankles. What's he do? I mean, just so people know, like, punt, bam, bam. You're catching that thing on one of your tits, okay? Your left hit, bam. Right tit, bam. In the middle, that thing goes right through. Everybody's like, oh, don't you want to do it in the middle? It's like, no, you actually want a little bit of a curve. Bang, put it on the tit. Bang, put it on the tit. And never catch a ball below the waist, obviously. That is just asking for a problematic step away if you have to. That thing was down at his ankles. I'm just giving away right to the other team. I enjoy watching guys, though, if they're a left hit catcher or a right hit catcher. And then I enjoy. They make it look easy, man. They do, yeah. Some guys can't do it's it. Not. Some do. It is not. Can you imagine, like, a normal, just a, like a civilian trying to catch a punt when you know you could put all the pads on the world? Dave, these guys are covering, they're going to hit you. You got to catch this thing. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, there's been a couple guys that have been brought to the Colts that they just thought were going to be returners. You know, <laughs> oh, these guys are going to be returners. They're going to figure it out there real fast. Mm-hmm. Hey, we hit him a couple Didn't balls, a couple different type of balls, so you can see what an NFL ball is like. Yeah, you got it. And then you can tell by the first one. Yep, that guy's got no fucking. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That guy's, <laughs> that guy's gone. That guy's, no, he's an athlete. He'll be. A, that yeah. guy has zero perception of where yeah. the ball is going, where it's turning, where it's not turning, how fast it's coming down. You know, like that. That's going to be a, that person's never going to get it. It's like a center fielder that probably just can't fucking. Yeah. You know, like they track the ball. Yeah. Yeah. There's a full like that person. Not everybody's able to do it, but I think that is a misperception with not just fans, but also like some football people are like, yeah, that guy can oh, fucking just speedy, go do it. He's athletic. Put him back there. Oh, he's a daredevil. He won't mind ten people sprinting down as fast as they can as his head is straight up in the air like this. Like it is not. That's not a desirable job at all. You got to be a special individual to be a punt returner, I think. Yeah, and I think just for like Packers fans, the thing that like they don't really use Amari Rodgers on offense at all. So like that's kind of his only job. Like that's what he's there for is like at least just you just can't fucking fump. You can't be muffing punts. Sammy Watkins got some play yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, can we got get a, a big ball right at the end? Yeah, what yeah, are we wide did. open a couple? Yeah, he did. Could have used him a little bit earlier, you know. But yeah, he did. There's just that's the thing. I mean, it's overreaction. There's just the season's not over, but boy, does it feel like it. There's just not a lot to be excited about. Like you said, I mean, usually on Sundays, like that's supposed to be like just relax, have fun, watch the game. I mean, it's a it's a fucking that's a full day of work. That's like it might as well be a fucking Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's like Jesus Christ, and that's no fun. Last week, too, yeah, to right. Ty's point, you know, he said, at least we got the Yankees. So it really was like a sweep. A, yeah. a terrible. Oh, Iowa got beat by 50 after, you know, bleeding 7 nothing. It was a tough weekend. I'm very happy that I've been able to get past that on game day. I was sticking up for Iowa there for a bit. Happy I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, me too. That team stinks. I was like, they stink. Yeah. No, it seems to, be like, seems to be that way. They have a hard time scoring some points, huh? Players probably work their asses off. You're all probably very talented. This is not a shot at the players individually. That team stinks. No fun to watch. No. They're setting historic, terrible mm-hmm. records. Historic type stuff they're going to be. By the end of the season, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of those stat accounts that are going to put out things about this Iowa offense. They're going to be like most inept offense in the history of Power 5 college football yep. since like 19... 19- 
15 or something like that. Like, there, <laughs> there will be some sort of stat that will come out about it. It will be alarming, I think, for everybody. Yeah, wasting all-time seasons from guys like Tory Taylor and Jack Campbell, too. Mm-hmm. You just really feel for those guys who are doing everything they can, and it doesn't matter because the offense has scored you know, four touchdowns in eight weeks or whatever it's been. Defense is averaging 11 po- – before this past weekend where they lost by a bunch. Oh. Defense was averaging 11.1 or 11.2 points per game. Could you imagine averaging that and having three losses already on your record? <laughs> I could see some animosity between the yeah. offense and defense if that's the case. Yeah, me too. Not and only the offensive coaches and the defensive coaches. That's where you're going to see it. Like the D-line, the O-line coach probably kill each other. That's what I was about to say. Not only the players, the coaches as well. There's yeah. probably a lot of, are you kidding me? But the coach. Yeah, like the chippiness, the weird chippiness, like the little comments here and there, like the little like passive-aggressive comments thrown each way. In a meeting, a question is asked, and then, oh, okay. Really? And then a full yeah, but the problem is the offense coordinator is the coach's head coach's son. The head coach is beloved by everybody in the state, I heard. And it's starting he- to turn around this year. Whoa. Uh-oh. It really is. Like the, I mean, usually – and, again, that's kind of just, you know, message board bullshit. But in years past, yeah, it kind of didn't matter because people love Ferentz because he's such a nice guy and he's so affable. But this has really, really turned people off. Yeah, he won't fire his kid, you know, won't demote his kid. Won't it's change. tough spot. Tough spot. You have your kid in there. I, I don't know if I, I – I would have a hard time doing that. What if he was fucking terrible at his job? Mm-hmm. I'd have a hard time hiring him, put, bringing him on. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I don't want to have to fire you. Well, not only that, like – aren't you being a better dad by Holding him. getting him out of the situation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is clearly he's terrible, you know? Like, there's a lot of ways to yeah. look at that. There's a lot of ways to look at that, I think. He's making good money. He'll never get another OC job. So I guess, you know, he, maybe he's being a good dad in that sense. He's like, hey, listen, I'm trying to we'll take every put dollar. food on the mm-hmm. table for my, my grandbaby. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to fire you, but you <laughs> – listen, I can't protect you forever, all right? They're coming after – the farmers are coming after yeah. me. Mm-hmm. We had the farmers forever. Now they're coming after me. Figure it out. I don't think they're going to. No, 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 no. Not a chance. They should throw the kitchen sink at Quinn Ears. Make Quinn Ears the OC. Just run his own offense. You tell him to come to Iowa. He can do anything he wants. He can live in a building. Quinn Ewers, last two weeks, I don't think he's played as great as he did in the past. But with Arch Manning coming to town, yeah. everybody's assuming old Arch is going to be a starter his freshman year, and he's just going to slice and dice down there. That's an interesting storyline that's going yeah. to develop. That's going to be very interesting. Maybe Quinn comes to West Virginia. That'd be hey, sweet. There you go. Go with Graham. That's right. Graham could have help him out for sure. I would like well. to. I would like to. Um, clarify some things that happened on game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this, you know, segment mm-hmm. where they were randomly picking questions to ask. Sure. That's right. That was random. Had no idea what questions were coming. Mm-hmm. Best mascot, <laughs> awesome. Right in my breadbasket. Sure. That was good. I felt like I actually hit a scratch off when that one showed up first. The anxiety of what could have been asked on there. Because I, my my knowledge of college football is nowhere near as close as Herbie's or Reese's or Pollock's or Dez's or anybody that's been on that show for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the questions that were going to be asked on there, I was a little bit worried. I'm like, whoa, what if they bring up something that I haven't? 130 teams, 100 guys on each team. Guys are transferring two, three times in two, three-year uh, periods. It's tough to try to keep up with everybody. I'm trying my best. I missed on Felix and Odike Uzama. I thought he was on a different team. That was playing. It was my entire take, actually, him playing on a different team. He was, he was actually on the team that I was talking about. I mean, it was, it was a full thing. Close, it's, though. You were close. Both were purple. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. I watched the film. It's it understandable. Was, it was tough. There's a lot of games going on in my head. I mean, this week we're at Jackson State. Can't wait to learn everything about oh. that conference this weekend. Can't yep. wait to get down there. It should be a blast Ooh, down yeah. in Mississippi. That'll be a good time. Trying to do a unity step down there. Now we're talking. That'll be pretty cool. It's going to be electrifying. Um, <laughs> but the next question came up. Most disappointing team. And I guess there was a couple different answers that could have happened. Oklahoma, I guess, if like hindsight, Oklahoma could have been a good answer because Venable's going over there, what they were last year with Lincoln Riley, what they've become, that could have been an answer. Minnesota, mm-hmm. I guess, could have been an answer because they were on a run again. Remember, P.J. Fleck was doing interviews. He was everywhere. Yep. They've lost two in a row. Boom, boom. They're kind of coming back down to, down to size. Or what what well, was it? October 24th, it's about that time. All right. Snake it's, oil usually wears off right around this time that, of year. That's so. Iowa fans that saying makes, that. that. makes sense. But the only team that just kept popping into my head whenever it said most disappointing <laughs> team was the fucking West Virginia Mountaineers. Well, I was just like, pretty good answer you want to know what my most disappointing team is? Well, every fucking Saturday I got to turn on and watch. That team stinks. Mm-hmm. That, what, what, what are they? You know, they don't have an identity. Neil Brown's been there for a long time. It se- they lost by 13. Now, that Kansas team is good. They seem to be getting things back in order or whatever. They lose by 13 in overtime. That's a tough thing to do. But that is literally like the story of this team. It's like not being – it's just – so they're most disappointed in me. I apologize to the West Virginia fans that got offended by me saying that because West Virginia finally has a voice in, like, the national – you know, college football stuff. So I think a lot of people potentially got upset with me talking negatively about West Virginia in the spot that I'm in because I'm representing kind of West Virginia. I just like to say it's fucking disappointing. I'd like our team to be good. You know how much better my life would be on those shows and on this show and on game day if our team was fucking good like I thought it was going to be for a long time. So I am disappointed and I apologize. But I could have been much more researched with different answers. Wouldn't they be happy that you're the mouth? piece and you're putting a light on them being fucking terrible so that they can get it fixed i would i would not like to be the mouthpiece of west virginia just just to make that i guess i'm being associated with them because i went to school there and i'm the all-time leading scorer there and blah blah blah, all that stuff and i have a lot of appreciation for the school and the university but i don't i'm not close enough to the program to be a mouthpiece i i don't talk to anybody there it is not i don't want to be like i have inside information i'm just telling you somebody that has to talk about college football in our my school isn't even in the selections at the end of the games yeah. at the end of the shows picking games west virginia's not even in there <laughs> everybody else's school represented okay everybody else's school represented west virginia doesn't even make the final game slate we had tulane and fucking uh tulane and they played, um, liberty no nope. tulane's first game memphis yeah, Tulane, yeah. Memf- Memphis at Tulane. Tulane's first game as a ranked team. They were on the mm-hmm. final selection thing. West Virginia's not even on there. So I would like us to be great is all the reason why I was most disappointed with West Virginia, with that being cleared up. I thought you'd say Iowa. Well, They're up there. I've taken enough shots at them, too. I mean, I... They know. They appreciate it. They got a great I mean, not saying it or team? Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt terrible that week. I told you, I said, just please pick Iowa. Do yeah. not pick Iowa State. And I knew deep down That one probably. was actually close, though. It was. It was. Yeah, it was like the first time in like 12 years yeah. or something. That wasn't in a long yeah, time. Matt yeah, Matt Campbell's never beat Iowa until this year. But The sincerity that day, though, when Ty asked you, Be, like, please. hey, I really just need just you please, to pick Iowa. Please do not over pick Iowa. I, I don't ask you. I don't ask you for Ty doesn't. I don't ask you for much, right? Just fucking you have to. Please. Need you to pick Iowa. Please. <laughs> All right, you got it, dude. Hey, you did. I appreciated it. First time in forever anyways let's go to some more overreactions so just a little uh behind the scenes over there. those were very random questions mm-hmm. and anxiety was very high very yeah, I high can imagine 
something pops up there that I know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Kirk, too? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that happened the yeah. first one. Yeah. It was a transfer. It shouldn't be random. You guys should know. No, they like that it's random. I like that it's random, yeah, too. Yeah, I guess you'll get cool. I guess you will get cool, funny, more better answers from you guys. I, I'm a big random, don't not rehearsed. Yeah. I'm a big one of those people. Some people like it, though. Some people would like to know, I'm sure. That well, would work. Yeah. In that particular setting, that... That is something that I would have appreciated knowing <laughs> yeah. what was coming. But also the anxiety led for a good feeling. Yeah. It was a nice to feel that. You know, I rarely feel that. It's nice yeah. to feel a little. All right. Oh, Ooh. boy. Okay, oh, here boy. we go. It is 7 a.m. too here local. Yeah. It is pitch black outside. It is cold. It is rainy. I'm in a three-piece suit. Felt good about it. Can't breathe. A little tight. Had a good meal last night. Italian meal. Ooh. Pac-12 commissioner and... Uh, AD of Oregon took us to an Italian restaurant. Had that thing until about, I don't know, what, 11 p.m. local? Yep. <clears throat> Jesus. Li- no, I'm joking. <laughs> Three, uh, yeah. It was like 9.45. 2 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> yeah, it was great. The Italian food was great. The company was fantastic. The conversations were great. Uh, but the suit was a little tighter on Saturday morning than I had uh, Friday going in after the Italian. So I was uncomfortable, and the randomness certainly mm-hmm. added to it. But Let's fucking get it fixed at West Virginia, huh? We got Boys. time. Here we go. Make it happen. It'd be cool if we got the final slate there, you yeah. know, for the selections every once in a while. Yeah. So I could talk about all the greats that have played there in the past while making mm-hmm. my pick. Oh, just like all my friends that played that are really fucking good that don't get honored enough by West Virginia did. Oh, just <laughs> like the class right afterwards that don't get honored by West Virginia enough because it's a new head coach. They did. Just like that. All It would be cool to be able to. I think it'll be on it this week. <clears throat> I got TCU. Yeah, so. it's a big one. We're doing a lot of TCU stuff this week, I think, because that's an incredible story. Yeah. They just beat Kansas State there. Obviously, I picked Kansas State because Felix and Odike Uzama actually played uh, for their team. Felt like I had to make it up to the Kansas State people to pick that. That TCU team's fucking big. When they walked by us at Kansas, we've said this on game day a couple times, me and Des both, they look like SEC team. They looked, they were fucking large. Duggan's a dude. That uh, Quentin Johnston guy. He's got, yeah, good news is I think. Um, I think West Virginia is a really good pass defense, so that should be good against TCU. Like a hundred something. All right, let's move on to another overreaction. Okay. This is from Duffel Bag. They call him Duffy. This guy moves rocks. Yeah, he let's does. go, yes. Duff. Chargers are dead. Fire Staley. Hire Sean Payton. Stat. Hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact. But this Chargers story is interesting because the Seahawks, who might be a very good team, they're leading the NFC West, beat the Chargers and Chargers at home 37 to 23. Sean Payton's been in the building, I think, for a couple of different Chargers games. He's out in L.A. working for Fox, I think, so he's probably in the area. His daughter also on television. Yeah, Sports Grid. Sports Grid, I believe. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, big time, big time move there. She's moving up to sports media ranks. Sean Payton is beloved by a lot of fan bases. I think he's a hard ass as a coach. I think there's going to be a lot of places that would want Sean Payton services if he was to say, hey, I'm coming back into coaching. Is his contract say he has to go back to the Saints or is he a free agent immediately upon retirement there as a coach? I thought after this year or something, isn't there like a year where he couldn't go like take a gig right now without the Saints releasing him or something? I don't know because if I was to go back, the Colts would have to release my rights, which yeah. I would like to officially ask them to do. <laughs> No offense to the Colts. Yeah. Well, I mean, Love the Colts. But if a team wants to ask me, you know, 
week 16, week 17 to come join them on a little bit of a run there. I would like to not have to go, hey, will you guys release my rights so I can do that? Let's just get that out in the – you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get that. There we go. I I still have a suite there. I'm invested in the team more than than a lot of other people. Heavily. Still pulling for the Colts, but I just think that one little – you know what I mean? Yeah. That seems like a thing that we shouldn't – have to do a step we shouldn't have to take. Sean doesn't have to do that. That is not the same thing. Same. I don't know. Did he have any years left on his deal? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They own the rights when he retired? through the 2024 season. Okay. So even so. if he retires, it doesn't, like, suspend? So because he was retired and not fired, uh, if he was fired, they wouldn't obviously retain his rights. But because he was retired, they, uh, they have it through 2024 season. But that isn't a suspended rights thing whenever he comes back into active coaching, which I think is what happens with players, I think, is the – it's suspended the until the I the contract. Like when I go back, the contract I think is back in. I think. Okay. So he can't coach though for this season and next season. You're saying? Well, no. You just have to go through the Saints. Saints have to let him go, just like what the Colts would have to do. I think oh, the Saints okay. would have to sign away his rights. If they would. If he goes, you don't think an, they would? If he goes to an AFC team, maybe. Yeah, let him go to the AFC. Don't let him go in the division or anything. Yeah, the, you think the Chargers would get rid of Staley though after two years? No, no, no. I'm just talking about oh, Stay- I'm talking about Sean Payton's going to have a plethora of options. Yeah. If Sean Payton was to want to get back into coaching, I think there would be a lot of places yeah. that would want Sean Payton. Now with Staley, interesting. That that team, last two years. What are they? What the hell is going on out there? I don't understand. I really don't. A lot Justin of us Herbert, were fooled. Like, a lot of Eckler us- is still doing it, but, man, like what's happening? A lot of us were fooled, AJ, going into the season. I'm I- still fooled. I'm continuing to be fooled by the, the Chargers. I was, I'm buying a – I still think, like – Chargers are good in my head. Yeah. Chargers are a good yeah. football team. Chargers mm-hmm. could be a good football team. I met Mr. Herbert. He's oh. one of the nicest humans mm-hmm. of all time at Oregon. Oh. He, I nice. asked him, I said, how, why is Was Justin, he the guest picker? No, no, he was not. Sabrina Ionescu was. who. Yeah. She was, was awesome great. on there. Mm-hmm. She actually snagged a drone at the end of the show uh, when <laughs> the show went off the air. They were flying drones in to try to get a shot, and it buzzed. Me and Sabrina's head, I think, while we're doing the picks, this thing buzzed. And it might have been on Kirk. The camera was on a solo shot on Kirk. So this drone was coming in, buzzed me and Sabrina, like felt the thing. I was like, oh, my God, I just got hit by a drone or whatever. So then they're flying it around after the show ends. Sabrina grabs that thing, fucking smashes it. It was one of the most epic. I I had my head turned this way. I was getting, like, my papers this way. She was saying thank you to Reese right behind me. So I didn't see the the grab. I saw the tail end of the smash, and I turned. And she goes, whose drone was that? And I go, uh... I think it was ESPN's, but that was awesome. Like, because <laughs> it buzzed our head or whatever. She was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought she was uh, really good, newer shit, and Oregon won. So, yeah, consider was, was that. Bear in the, was Bear in the corner with a little controller, like sobbing after that? I don't know if Bear was, was controlling drone? the drone. He should have been though. Whoever was controlling it, I'm sure they're very talented people. Like, Not if they're buzzing your head. Buzzing my head set. live on air is a very aggressive move, I think. That'd and be awesome if you got blasted right in the side of the head while you're on camera. I mean, it was. Oh, it yeah. had to. Have, I don't know how powerful those little fans are. It was a little four oh, fanner, yeah. so I think like it does have pretty good. Where's some safety goggles next time? But for me to feel mm-hmm. it, I mean, it had to be pretty fucking close. Yeah, it's a little much. It was multiple times too. It was like, what the? Fu-? <laughs> so I, I too was a bit like, what the hell is going on? Here? It's very close because I've had a drone over me like probably like. Four feet, can't feel a thing. Three feet, can't feel a thing. I, that thing must have been one or two feet away. Yeah, it was wild. And yeah. I'm sure it was great content. I'm all in on the drone content. I love drones. I love content. We almost got our drone shot down in Louisiana yeah. Yeah. for oh, yeah. flying Put it. that drone 
down or I'll shoot it. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's Tulane. I like they, the drone shows where you have like hundreds of drones and they'd make a light show or whatever. Well, how about the drone racing? Have you ever seen that? It's fucking bananas. So fast. Those things are so fast. Great controllers. And I love drone content. But buzzing my head while we're live on TV is an interesting play. I hope the content was worth it. Sabrina broke it. She was the guest picker, not Mr. Herbert, who had an incredible handshake. Obviously a very nice guy. Uh, he introduced himself. I was like, oh, God, Justin's dad. You did a great job is what I said. Yeah. And he said, um, you know, he gave a whole, like, very humble. Uh, we were blessed. We got very lucky. He's a great kid. We didn't have to do much, all the thing. And I was like, okay, so this guy seems to be a good guy. He knew who we were. He thanked us for being nice to him on the show and everything like that. I'm like, cool. And he and I asked him, I said, how did Justin get so good at kicking? You know, how did he get so good at kicking? And he went on this diatribe about how, you know, whenever they were kids and we taught him football, like, kicking is involved in football. So whenever we moved into our first house, we had no furniture in the house and the kids wanted to play football. We paint or we taped uprights on the wall. And after every touchdown, you kicked the field goal. You oh. kicked an extra point. That's what football is. And then whenever they had a yard, they moved to another house that had a yard. They had uprights put in the yard for whenever they would play. Him and his brothers would play pickup football. He said, so you got a punt. You got a kick. That is what football is. He's like a, like a football like diehard. And he was like, just basically since Justin was a kid, we've been telling him like, kicking so he never played soccer it wasn't that he's literally been kicking football since he's a fucking toddler in the house and then in the front yard just because that's what football is so it's like when he told me that i'm like i fucking love you man like that is that is an amazing story but it also tells me like herbert is going to be a great football player. Mm-hmm. Herbert was literally put on this earth to be a football player. For, Herbert's been playing football with his family in his house since he was a toddler, full football. Why aren't they able to win? Why aren't they able to be a dominant team? It all goes back to what Coach Daly's cooking, and it's not fair, but it's a real question. Everybody's been disappointed and let down by this Chargers team multiple years in a row. You go back to Anthony Lynn three years ago. He told the team, well, we're out of it. They weren't out of it. Then Staley comes in. They don't make the playoffs. Then it happens again. They're not failing. It's like, what is the fucking deal over there? I don't understand. And will Herbert ever fully blossom into the guy we all think he can be? I just don't know, and that's a rightful question out of old Cuzzy asking it. Well, and it sounds like Herbert's dad might fucking hate Staley's guts oh. because he doesn't respect the kicking game. He does not want to kick <laughs> field goals. He does not love punting the football. Yeah. So it seems like they almost have two differing philosophies. You can understand. Philosophical differences. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe fucking hire Herbert's dad to be the head coach. That would be awesome. Herbert could be an NFL kicker if he – Focused on it. He's he was, that good, you think? Really? They had him blasting a 45-yarder in training camp or whatever, and it was just ball. That's awesome. Ball. Good for him. Yeah, unbelievable. It's literally since he's a little kid. That's, that was a great story to hear. And who knows if he was just trolling me or not because he knows I'm a kicker and punter, and he didn't know if I was going to tell the story. But when he was telling it to me, I'm like, this guy fucking loves ball. Yeah. yeah. I, like him, I like him a lot more if he was trolling you the whole time and he stuck with it and never let yeah. you know. Me too. I'm with both of them. If it was true, love it. <laughs> if it was a lie, love it even more. But it feels like he loves ball and been in it. I hope we get a chance to see him succeed. Yeah, Chargers just feel like they're unlucky every year. Like, J.C. Jackson looks like he's going to be oh. out for the season. Mike Williams had a terrible ankle Keenan injury. Allen it looks like he's going to be out. Yeah. Bosa's out. Keenan Allen finally comes back. Now he's not going to be with Mike Williams. Bosa, Rashawn, their left Slayer. tackle's out for the season. Like, Corey Lindsley's been out with a knee injury. Like, it just feels like they're unlucky every year. And maybe Herbert is just, you know, Philip Rivers 2.0. And Whoa. he's going to be unbelievable. And he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But there's a chance he never wins anything because Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson are in <laughs> that 
conference. Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. Oh, yeah, speaking of, Ooh. who says Sean Payton isn't the head coach in Indianapolis next year? Whoa. Yeah. Or the year after that. Come on. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Why not? I don't want anybody to get fired, but. Me neither. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. True. Right. Yeah, and we're owed two Super Bowls in the next six years. Yeah, we are. Oh, it's more than enough time. I sure fucking hope so. <laughs> Quentin Nelson, dude, he's going to get back on track. Why don't they put him at quarterback? Because I don't know. There's a, uh, there's a lot of people on the internet saying that he's not playing good either. People saying Ryan Kelly's not playing good. Quentin's not playing good. I don't know if that's the entire offensive line as a whole or him specifically because <laughs> I don't know how you know whose fault it is. You know, I don't know. Maybe AQ can touch on that. We should. AQ should. We should have him study the, study the Colts a little bit and see what their line's doing. Well, I did see him. He sent me a video of the Colts' line mm-hmm. and a tackle yeah. on Ryan privately. He yeah. said something. And he just goes, yikes. Yeah, the whole yeah. team's hot <laughs> garbage. I mean, they're yikes. bad, dude. They really are. AQ was pumping up the crowd, though, at Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, he cut a little promo. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Yeah. The promo he cut. I'm not surprised. We are. You know, started a little (laughs) very matter of fact Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of that. He did an interview on the sideline, too, with a kid who was very nervous to talk to him. Yep. And I appreciate AQ for acknowledging that this guy is scared to death to be talking to him and also giving an incredible interview at the same time. Pro's pro. That's what AQ is, isn't he? In the trenches. Yeah. Thank you, AQ. Did you hear that kid interviewing him? He was scared to death of AQ. It's a tough gig for that guy. Good good experience for that kid. In front of a hundred-some thousand. That, I mean... Barbar hey, look at AQ though. He just said, even though he's a very nice guy, and AQ's probably an intimidating creature to some kids. Yeah, I would imagine he's yeah. a big old dude. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. Of course, he's in here saying, "What are we ribs? Yeah, chips and ribs." Yeah, he's a very nice guy. You're right. Yeah, very nice guy. But that drone shot of the whiteout—that is an unbelievable atmosphere. Pretty cool. What is it? Yeah. Is that the song? I don't no, know. What it is. No, it's uh, um, it's on stage. Yeah, zombie. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 we are I think they had fireworks and a light show happening, and this drone was out here, and that was just to kick off the fucking game. Yeah. I'm like, what a. What an environment that had to be. AQ hadn't been back in 14 years, and he was giving the interview. He was like, I forgot what this was like there's nothing like that i think you know like that drone shot now granted they got lsu popping and i think there's other schools that have uh insane environments before you walk in there that whiteout is pretty pretty impressive that stadium's awesome that stadium goes straight up it's very loud and they yeah we got i've gotten beaten there before in a whiteout it's tough and there tough isn't even like play. a section it appears there isn't no, even like no. a section of the other team's fans mm. anyway i don't even know how that works because i think you have to give family tickets to the other team i don't know if they have figured out how to hide them somewhere it is painted white that entire place and they're going bonkers the entire time that cult is live yeah yeah over there does the other team family know like hey you just don't go to fucking ben state or you just like give them two tickets in this section two tickets in this section split them all up throughout the uh so that the white pom-poms kind of cover it all yeah. up mm-hmm. i mean that looks it's pretty awesome <laughs> that's so sweet the firework what a great touch with the fireworks that's for the kickoff that's before the game has even started that's just the hey welcome to happy valley mm-hmm. that's like virginia Ooh, look Tech. at the top right corner there yeah stop, if you stop is that, the, is that the opposing fans? Mm-hmm. As it pans to the left, there's like a section that looks like they might not be white in the very top. Oh, top left corner of that? Once this, yeah. yeah, once this keeps panning, if this is the same video, it, it doesn't really matter. No, it does, honestly. That might be. Oh, over there. Yeah, right up there. Right there. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that look different? 
Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Good seats for him. Yeah, perfect. Tim and Sally. That's how it goes, though. That's how the NFL is, too. Top row, man. Tim and Sally McAfee have sat in some terrible spots in stadiums around the country, and I'm thankful for them showing up. Yeah. Jordan yeah, loves Jordan Love. His first start against the Chiefs last year, they were showing his mom and, like, girlfriend, and they were in the last row at Arrowhead. Just <laughs> yeah. way the fuck up there. Strategy. That's how the ticket coordinator can fucking get an itch. Uh-huh. I mean, we're going to put them over here. We're going to put them over here. Can't be loud. Can't do too much. Let's hit a couple more overreactions here before we get the hell out of here. This is from Coco Bazaar. I don't mean to overreact, but the Raiders are going to not only make it to the playoffs, but also knock off the Chiefs or knock the Chiefs out of contention for the Super Bowl. Oh, I smell sweet, sweet victory in our future. CT, I absolutely love your hashtag Raider Nation, hashtag fuck the Chiefs, hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, but Raiders get a big time win yesterday. I think everybody's excited about it. This is a much different conversation as opposed to one week ago where we were talking about Devontae pushing somebody the hell out of his way all the way to the ground to catch a lawsuit potentially worth six figures. This year, walk or this week, walking off the field in celebration after a big time win, he allowed the whole thing to be cleared, then he skirted through in an incredibly hilarious fashion. Do you like the Raiders? I like seeing them have success. I think they're going to be a team that is going to cause problems and headaches for people in late season. Do you think they go on to win a Super Bowl, AJ? No way, I don't think, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not crowning them Super Bowl champs this year. Maybe, uh, maybe. yet, but I Josh do feel Jacob, like they had maybe. at least gained some confidence. If they can continue to run the ball like they yeah. did yesterday, yeah. then yeah, I think you have to take them serious now. I'm not going to say Super Bowl, but... Josh Jacobs playing in that Hall of Fame game. Mm. was wild. I, I put that tweet out. I know you were very active with that. Yeah, you, I feel you get a few comments about that. I put that tweet out yesterday, though. I was like, today reiterates the fact how wild it was that Josh Jacobs was playing in that Hall of Fame game. Now, we talked to Lombardi, who might have a little inside track there, and they were saying at the time that Josh Jacobs didn't love football. Whenever it was training camp time, he has loved football again. And then I had a lot of Raiders fans respond to me after I put that tweet out here, say, well, it's working. It's working, isn't it? He needed more conditioning. He needed this. He's doing this at this time. Today reminds me of just how wild it was that Josh Jacobs was playing in that Hall of Fame game. It's real. He was the only player on that field, probably, that made either of the teams that fucking ended up taking to the season. That was a throwaway game for everybody. The fact that this running back that we know is a good football player was playing in it set off some alarms everywhere. Is Josh McDaniels using his New England heritage to tell this running back, we don't give a fuck about who's at running back. We'll put anybody at running back. You are a part of a stable now. We're certainly not paying you and we're not picking up your fifth year option. Welcome to the Hall of Fame game. You'll earn your plays as you go. I was confused. I said, damn, I thought Josh was good at football. Now, He's back in good graces, it appears, with the Raiders. And the reason why he's probably back in good graces is because when they run him and he's doing well, they're fucking winning. Maybe Josh McDaniels will come full circle. Maybe he will sign Josh Jacobs for the long haul because he realizes he's one of their biggest weapons. He had, what, three tuds yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Three touchdowns yesterday. You got Devontae and Derek Carr still making magic. Josh Jacobs doing his thing. A defense that has a lot of big names and made some big-time plays yesterday against Dougie Davis-Mills. And that Houston Texans team is worse than they were last year. Don't know how that happens but this team was electrifying is electrifying and maybe they figure some things out to go on a little bit of a run at the end of the season yeah i mean i 
Coach Dave, by the way. Maybe we give Coach Dave some credit for the Houston Texans last year. Um, what about Jack Easterby? That too. Mm-hmm. Coach Dave. Coach Dave, yeah. What's he How doing? I forgot Coach about Coach Dave. Dave. He had to have retired. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Dave, yeah. He had the boys buzzing, okay? Thought about it yesterday. But, yeah, if they run the ball like that, it's not like the Chiefs blew them out last time they played. I mean, it, wasn't a, it, was, it was a close game. Um, Four, came down to the fourth down play where they ran into each other. And they got Chiefs at home. I yeah, think. correct. And yep. if, but, like, if you can run the ball like this and keep it away from those type of offenses, because, I mean, they could get off after the passer. Uh, they have guys that got the fucking Commodore. And the Condor. Condor. <laughs> Commodore's team in Washington. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well. Crosby's a Condor. Nice cross. Yeah, this is. Yeah, sorry. I thought Chandler you were saying Jones Commodore. Any no. And I thought you were talking about Sidney Crosby. I was – True. I was so confused. Forgot, forgot about hockey season. Yeah, well, hockey season is happening. Shout out that's Hockey Talk on Wednesday nights. But I like the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders could be great. Yeah. yeah. They paid money to be great. They tried to be great. Yeah. They invested to be great. Will they be? We shall see. Yeah, it's tough just because the Chargers are four and three. And then like you look at the AFC East and who knows if the Patriots should win tonight and be four and three, and then it's Jets are five and two. Uh, Dolphins are four and three. Like, there's a good chance. Two and five is a tough. Yeah, it's a tough start. Two and four. Sorry. Yeah, they had to buy last week. Jets just got more, more bad news. Their tackle Elijah Vera Tucker, early draft pick last year, is out for the year. Jeez, Brees oh, Hall man. out for the year. Right before the Patriots tackle game. out for a year. Bummer. That is a bummer. Actually, you scumbag. For the Jets. Yes, absolutely. For everybody. Not for, for he- me. For society. We don't want to see these guys no. get hurt. Sure. We want to see these guys have good, You're prosperous years and careers. Take that hat off, too, by I the way. I hate yeah. the fucking Jets, okay? You guys know this. Sorry, I'm pumped that they suck again. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of Jets fans are going to say. Of course, we can't have nice yeah. things. Of course, we can't win. Of course, mm. we get rolling. Of course, vibes are high. And then we lose tackle and running back, who seems to be faster than everybody. <laughs> Damn shame. We shall see how the Jets fare going forward. All right, last overreaction from Twitter. This is picked by Ty Schmidt. Hashtag PMS. I don't want to overreact. But I've had enough of the Steelers offensive play calling this year. Shattered the television <laughs> at 412 Penny. Is that what that says? Yeah. 412 Penny. 412 Penny said, I've had a fucking enough of this. Kenny Pickett threw three picks. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett was only allowed to run 10 different plays. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris, for the first time, doesn't have a plate in his shoe. He doesn't look bad. But, God damn it, we got to get a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. It's boring. It's miserable. Get over here, TV. Bam, 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 bam. That's what happened last night. That's what Matt Cannon is doing to Pittsburgh. Yinzers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 412 Print, he took it to the next level. Tony, you didn't beat up your television because no. I think you've – been able to capture and cage your temper and expectations, especially now that you have a kid. 412 Prinny, though, lost it. Do you understand why? Yeah, well, even worse. No, I didn't punch my TV. I'm I'm past that phase. I'm in the like like I don't I don't give a fuck about this offense anymore because Matt Canada fucking stinks. I have no expectations. Mm. I'm in a terrible place in my life with this team. Um it's sad. I, I, I'm depressed every weekend because of it. Um and you talk about coaches hiring Offense corners. This is two in a row. Terrible hires. Um, when you get this fucking fi- fire, this guy today. Okay. Well, TVs are broke. What? Not expectations Tom, not, are not down. Tomlin. Fire Matt Canada today. If his name was Matt United States, maybe. Yeah. Sure. Right. Let him figure it out. Blame <laughs> Canada. Blame Canada. I don't think Canada's that bad of a place. Well, traded Gumpy. True. 
Sure, but they won't Stoner. let him fucking back. Well, that's the United States, actually. They won't mm -hmm. let him back. Yeah, true. Maybe. What? Have we heard any updates on that entire thing? Yeah. I actually asked yeah. him yesterday, and Same. I said, hey, when are we going to see you again? He said, eh, fucking probably next year. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's, our, it's October 20. Yeah, like, and that's what they told like him. Like a funny, funny so. New Year's joke, like, see you next year? Or? No, 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 no. I think it was like a, hey, maybe I'll fucking see you next football season, pal. We'll see. Unfortunately, it feels like we will never see Powell again. Yeah. Talk about a Kaboli runaround. I mean, this has been an all-time one. It's been expensive, too. Yeah. I would pay triple it if we get our fucking guy back. Mm -hmm. you know? 10 exit. We miss you, Gump. Yeah. Miss you, Gump. Hey, his love you, Gump. Gump. Well, can't we just, like, sneak him over? Well, How long has he been gone now? And then have, have, a, have a, a politician fly him to Indiana as, like, a... A thing. He left a Memorial Day. It's a joke. Dude. I thought he fell in love. Wasn't that going to be the, well, the plan? We tried. Where are you, Lisa? She. I think she's still. She, yeah, she. Yeah, she's still in. Is that our only? Is that? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's quite a mockery of the entire thing if we were to promote that. So I've kind of danced around it all and, and try to pay some. Not if they really fall in love, though. Which they might. They might. Still a chance. Gumpy. We know how Gumpy works. I mean, that dude is charming. Agreed. It's funny. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Handsome. Yeah. Sweet beard. This is bullshit, though. It really is. Hey, this yes. is bullshit. Yeah. I want, I, this is absolute bullshit that this is happening. This man has a very good job that only he can do waiting for him in the middle of fucking Indiana. And because of bureaucracy and bullshit, we fucking can't get him here. I'm sick of the runaround. I'm sick of the bullshit. This makes no sense at all. The guy has no... Like arrests or any, there's nothing like that. This is all literally just bullshit that is keeping him from joining us again. And I hate it. I fucking hate it. I'm so done with it. I know. He sent an Xville team in to get him. Yeah. Here we go. It's like SEAL Team 4 or something and just fucking put a bag over his yeah. head, bring him back home, <laughs> and make some calls. The issue is his job is very public. So everybody will know that he's here. So we can't just sneak. Unless we put him in could front he, of the green screen. Yeah, he could, he could wear a mask. Forever. He could wear a mask, but it's going to be tough to get him to do that. Yeah, Gumpy ain't <laughs> putting on a fucking mask. <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> no chance. We miss you, Gump. It'll get figured out, Gump. Miss you, miss you Gump. I have faith that it'll get figured out, but my faith has gotten us to this point, and it's all bullshit. Everything's bullshit. Yeah. One more overreaction. Let's change the subject. His 40th birthday is going to be fucking sweet, though. Can't wait for it, Gump. This is from Jared Schreiner. What's up, Schreiner? Uh, hashtag PMS, I don't want to overreact, but Kyle Shanahan is trying to cover up his inadequacy as a coach with blockbuster trades. The 49ers have a top three roster in the NFL, but have lost to the Bears, Broncos, oh, yeah. Falcons, Five. and just got murdered by the Chiefs. Oh. Hashtag free the faithful. If you look at his record as a head coach, it will not be as good as you think it is. No. His record as a head coach has a lot of L's that I did not remember or ever talk about or hear about because we all think about when Shanahan took Matt Ryan and the Falcons to the Super Bowl or when Shanahan took the Niners to the Super Bowl. They lost, still got to the Super Bowl or to the NFC Championship game. So it's hard to go ahead and bury Shanahan when he has had very public success in a very high place and he comes from a football family. With that being said... His win-loss record is not as good as you think it is. They got murdered by a top team in the NFL. Is that a sign that they're not going to be able to win in the end? Or are they working through some stuff and injuries have fucked over the entire legacy of Shanahan as the 49ers coach? That is the entire debate right there, A.J. Hawk. 
Yeah, I guess he, but I guess we, we overlook some of those losses, what, because he's had success in the playoffs and they've won multiple playoff games and gone to the Super Bowl and championship game is that why like okay wait this guy can get it done when it really matters is that why we blinded by that 1000 percent. and i think he looks really cool yeah yes. those hats yeah. he looks really really cool yeah his team you know has success you really like him yeah mm-hmm. so maybe we need to take the glasses off mm-hmm. and view it as a 49ers fan who is watching the chiefs kill him and they go Oh, we can't win. We can't beat this team, let alone every other team in the NFC. Still a lot of time left. Christian McCaffrey could be a game changer. No knock on Wilson Jr., who is mm-hmm. the running back who has had a lot of big plays. But I think if Christian's in in those particular plays, once again, no offense to Wilson, I'm not 100% sure. I've seen Christian do this in the past, and he is very explosive. He might take those to the house. If the Niners get a couple of those open runs and their touchdowns as opposed to being tackled for an 11-yard gain, maybe the game's completely different. Maybe Christian is able to bring you the spark that gets his Niners team going. Maybe Jimmy can complete some more passes. You know, there's a lot that can be on the line, and all of it revolves around Shanahan being a better coach. That's Mm -hmm. right. Shanahan's got to figure it out. She's got to figure it out. The real worry for them is if Trey Lance comes in, and doesn't do well for Kyle Shanahan. And then the seat's going to get really hot. Well, Lynch too, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the whole, yeah. Uh-huh. Both. both of them. Oh, well, that's the NFL. we got to get the fuck out of here because Hammer will be on. Uh, we both picked the Patriots minus eight and a half. Kind of boring by us. You want to change that? Yeah. I wish I could, but I just can't do it. All right, we'll hear what the Hammer Down boys think at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer. Down. We'll watch tonight's game and hope. That it's a good one, even though Connor thinks that Bill Belichick's going to be passing Papa George Hallis for second most wins in NFL history as a head coach with 325 easily, you say. Yeah, easily. And if the game does get boring, do yourself a favor and watch Cole Strange play left guard because, boy, he is a treat to watch. Yeah, but I thought he got beat at Senior Bowl. Yeah, he got beat at the Senior Bowl one-on-one drills. If the NFL was a one-on-one drill, sure, maybe he wouldn't be good. God, he's impressive. So he got he's this helped. helmet still? He's got, the, he's got the middle bar. And on defense, go ahead and watch Christian Barmore. Unbelievable talent out of Alabama. Alabama fucking killed Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Thank you to Ian Rapport for joining us. AJ, thank you. To all the boys, I appreciate you. We did a giveaway early. I made a shot early, which is fantastic. Nice. Go ahead and get involved in that. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is tomorrow. Go ahead and take about 20 hours and 22 minutes. Cheers.